It feels good to say that we are back. This is the AMX Australian Supercross Show brought to you by Recovery on the Inside Dirt Network. That's right, people. We got some sponsors now. Motocross is over. Supercross is here. And it's Joe Stevens in the house. And we are official. I got my uh, my main man, Andy Dinicole. Hello, hello. Thanks hey. for having me on the show, man. Appreciate it. It's good, man. It's good to have you back. Um, Duran Stapleton is not co-hosting for Supercross. We'll get into that in a minute. So I figured who better to get in than my man AD. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. We've also got uh, Darnell back. It's been a while, Darnell, and I actually forgot your microphone tonight. So you're, you're muted, but uh, Darnell's back. He's producing the show in the corner, taking the calls from the guests. So thanks for being back in, buddy. He's nodding. He's giving the thumbs up. Can't defend himself. We love it. Now, He's we have got a really good lineup tonight, guys. I'm super pumped to say that we have got Yuriv Konsky coming in. He is the owner of the Penrite Honda team. America. That's right. <laughs> Yuriv has been uh, copping some slack on social media about the All-American team aside from Brett Metcalf. But uh, that's not the only reason we got him in. We just want to talk to Yuriv about, you know, let's be honest, he's got a pretty successful Supercross team over the last few seasons. Absolutely. And we want to see where he's at heading into round one in Brisbane this weekend. Uh, Dan Reardon, CDI Yamaha's Dan Reardon is going to be on the show also a little bit later on. Reardon... You know, back on CDI, he's had an interesting few seasons bouncing around doing his own program, and the guy is a, a big threat to any Supercross title he gets involved in, so it's really, really good to uh, talk to Reardon and see what he's got going on heading into Brisbane, and then also, uh, we couldn't leave out Duran Stapleton, so <laughs> Banger's coming on the show for a quick call, um, going to see what he's been up to, he's been in the States, been riding again, we might see him at some Supercrosses, that's why he's not doing the show, he said he didn't want to be talking... Talking shit on anybody that he was going to be racing was his exact, um, you know, his exact terms. Definitely so we're going to call Banger yeah. in a minute and uh, and see where he's at. So um, that's going to be fun too. But uh, right now, like I said, we are pretty proud and uh, excited to welcome AMX, that's all motorcycle accessories, to the show as our title sponsor for the Supercross season. Right now, they've got 11 locations nationwide with all the big brands, including Fly Racing and M2R. So make sure you guys check out AMX Superstores for all your needs when it comes to buying anything for your dirt bike or road bike related. And uh, also, I've got some news here that um, Darnell actually works at AMX, so he's just saying the Bayswater store is number one. So if you're in the southeast, check out that store at Bayswater. But um, pretty stoked before we get into the show. I've been saying it for a long time, guys, that we're going to do a live show. Uh, And finally... It's come together. The first three rounds of Supercross, we will be doing a live pitch show um, coming to you from the venue that's going to be going out on Facebook Live via the live stream. So Brisbane this weekend is going to be the first round of Supercross, and we will have the first live stream show going out for the AMX Australian Supercross show, brought to you by Recoverate on the Inside Dirt Network. So I, I know I talk about it for a while with motocross. We didn't get it done but we're getting it done for Supercross. So um, that's going to be really cool. Excited to get that happening. And thanks again for AMX and Recoverate for making it happen. Recoverate.com. Make sure you check that out. 
It's the new supplement on the market. It's been taking the MX Nationals pits by storm this year. And uh, if you want to hit that website right now and put in the code TRYIT at checkout, try it. That's T-R-Y-I-T. You can put a space in it or just leave it. Either way, you're going to get a $10 discount. Or you can try my personal code, which is Steven69. Probably need that. Oh, rat code again. But uh, that'll get you a $10, oh, a $10 discount as well. So Recoverate, thanks to those guys for uh, helping us out at the show also. So, all right, AD, that's the sponsor. It's done. And that's it. That's you should it. be happy. I mean, man, this is big for us. It is. Guys, it's man. good. I'm excited. Been trying to get sponsors for a while. So thanks for those guys making it happen. So Supercross is here. This and um, round one this weekend at Brisbane. It's going to be big, man. It's going to be huge, actually. Got a lot of people coming out. It is. It's, I think, this is always a thing with Supercross every year in Australia, is that it's always a little bit underhyped coming in mm. because it's we're still not there yet. You know, as far as a series is in... It's not um, Nationals goes first, MX Nationals goes first, then everyone's trying to get their budget together, trying to get their riders together. Everyone's trying to get everything together last minute, and then all of a sudden we're at round one and everything takes shape. Um, so Brisbane for the first round, uh, it's at the Entertainment Center, I believe, right? Yeah. Brisbane Entertainment Center in an arena, which is good because they got rain predicted for the weekend. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be cool, man. Like, I think an indoor venue for the first round, that means a lot for the series too. Yeah, I think it's so as well. Like, I mean, the only other indoor arena that's been up since last year's was, what, OzX Open? It was OzX, yeah. You know, so to have another uh, indoor arena, that's pretty rad for the whole series, to be honest. It is. I mean, it's where it, it, it needs to head, I think. And I mean, I think they've done a good job this year. Probably interested to talk about the business model a little bit. It, it's changed. So AME, I think, took commercial rights last year, right? I think it was last year AME took yeah. ownership of commercial rights of the series. So last year we had three different promoters and this year we have two. So it's TBE, which is Toy Bayless Events. Um, they're doing rounds one through three, which is Brisbane, Adelaide, and um, Wollongong, or basically Sydney. Yeah. And then uh, AME do the basically the Australasian series after that, which is Auckland and um, and now and Marvel Stadium in Melbourne for Isaac's yeah. Open. Um, still follows a pretty unique, business model for Australia. But I mean, you look at, I look at countries around the world where you see even like away from AMA, yeah. you have standalone events in Europe. Yeah. You look at like the British um, arena cross series that grew to like, I think six or eight rounds in the yeah. last few years that shrunk back down to three. Like the promoters were literally not going to run this year and they've gone back to three double headers. Mm-hmm. So round one, two is one venue, et cetera. So three cities. Well, so, I guess you got to look at it as well. Like the, the America, it's run by Feld, and Feld's like Disney on Ice and like Monster Jam, and yeah, like, it's like so, a massive corporate. You know, you so know? much money going into it, and like for someone like uh, you know in Australia or over in you know Europe, it's a huge like amount of money, and we don't really have the amount of numbers either. You know, no, I I, I like where Australian Supercross is at. I mm-hmm. think it's hopefully stable. I think this year we get good crowds. Like if you guys are listening. Round ones this weekend. If you're in Queensland, if you're in the Brisbane area, yeah, you need to get to the event. You need to support it. Go check it out. You know, ticket sales they're still there. You can get them. I think even on the door, it's not going to cost you that much money for a good night out. So, percent great night out. And you know what? Like, we're looking at some of the best races in the world as well. Like, they're no slouches. Some of these guys coming and racing, you know. And straight up, like when we get into the ride a lot up in a minute, we've been talking about that before we got on the show, and we've got some serious talent coming down under this year. Yeah, sure. It's good to see, and like even the marketing this year is like you look down and you go past the airport, like you got you get to see Jason Anderson and you know yeah, Chad Reed. It's yeah. unreal. You know, it's so sick to see. It's it's getting that mainstream exposure, so to speak, for sure. Um, 
So let's talk about the format first before we get into the classes. Um, so like I said, guys, guests tonight, uh, first in, in is actually going to be Yuri because we are right now up the road from Yuri's factory uh, where the, the race team is. So he's actually going to drop in and uh, have a chat with us in person, which is pretty cool. Um, so Yuri will be dropping in a little bit. Um, uh, Duran, we're going to call Duran in a minute just to mess with him and see what he's up to. But before we do that, um, I do want to talk about uh, the format. I want to talk about maybe some riders if we get time. If not, we'll do that later. But um, right, so Brisbane Entertainment Center, mm-hmm. straight up, small venue, smaller than OzX Open, I think, yeah. or at least the same size at a push. Small, but there's no tunnel, mm-hmm. so it's very small. Um, so with that being said, what they've ended up doing, we just got word from Kevin Williams, who's race management, race director for the Supercross Series. Um, basically, we are going to run an A and B format or A and B final format, all right? So the heat races, you're going to have the top four from each heat in 250s and 450s. They're going to go straight to the uh, A main, the main event. Um, then you've got the B main, which is essentially a LCQ, right? Mm. Now, um, let me read this right. Fifth to ninth position in the B main. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to get this wrong. Um, yeah, so fifth to ninth from the from the heats go to the B main. Then when the B main is one race, the B main, which is basically an LCQ yeah. first and second from the B main, they're going to go to the main event, the A main mm-hmm. now third to 10th position in the B main or the LCQ, whatever you want to call it, they're going to get points yeah, because there's only a 10 rider gate, 11 rider gate. Mm. So the logic there was round one, everyone's got to get points that can, yeah. there's still going to be a heap of guys that don't even make, I wonder if they don't make the night show out of time qualifying. Yeah, be interesting. Because remember, there's no M- SXD. There's no under-19s. No. There's a lot of guys that are trying to qualify. Yeah, for sure. Big numbers. What's that? Two heats. Two heats. Yeah. Okay, so maybe there might even be a cutoff from day qualifying. We don't know. But yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's going to be close racing, man. Man, it's going to be. <laughs> can you imagine if you're on the bubble in that arena? Like, Dude. It's going to be Bowers on oh, web, like elbow drops to the head. <laughs> 100%. Well, do you remember last time? It was 2014, the last time we were at the Brisbane Entertainment Center, right? Mm, I want to say yes. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, I think Taylor Potter won that. Did he win? Big call. I, I can't s- remember. <laughs> so, I remember because Taylor was doing some stuff. We were, he was training with me in the gym back then. I, dude, time flies. I can't remember, but I know he got on the podium, but he had, a, he had his shirt off in some photos. I remember that on the podium. Big what? daddy, big daddy Potter flexing. Hey Taylor, where, if you're listening, help me out. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's probably run down the wrong avenue there. But anyway, <laughs> to, to recap, the racing was really gnarly. Like a lot of yeah, block passing, sure. super aggressive, and really hard pack. Well, I mean, there's obviously a reason why Duran didn't want to race in Brisbane because he knew <laughs> that he's been talking shit. Yeah, there's a lot of targets on that boy's back. Big trouble. Yeah, you know? <laughs> we'll ask him about that in a minute. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, that's going to be interesting. So that's it. So basically A and B main for 250 and 450, obviously not going to be half as hectic in the 450 class. You're right. Yeah, we're good. Just dropping things. Dropped a spanner. Yeah, that's cool. Right. I don't know why you had a spanner in the first place. Neither do I, man. Anyway, um, A and B mains, I'm glad that they figured out a way with these small venues to get, you know, it's going to be great entertainment for the crowd. We're going to have more, um, you know, riders getting points, especially at round one, which is important. I think in Adelaide, we go to the Speedway. Like I was just at Gilman last week for the junior Aussie Nationals. That Speedway is kind of cool. I yeah. mean, it's pretty metro as in it's close to Port Adelaide. It's not far. It's not. Yeah, no. Um, I went past there not long ago when I was in Adelaide and it's pretty, it's pretty like accessible. Like, it's yeah, it's accessible. There's parking and um, 
you can see everything. What's that? Yeah, the year before it definitely wasn't, but I think this year, that last year it stepped up, and this year is going to be even better. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they draw a good crowd. So, uh, yeah, Adelaide round two, normal format, Wollongong normal format. I think from then on out, it's all twenty gates. Yeah, so yeah. this will be the only one where they have a smaller, um, smaller gate and A and B mains. And yeah, it's an important thing to note too that this year they've actually contracted Pro Tracks to build the entire series uh, of That's tracks. Sick. So there's going to be a lot of consistency, which yeah. I think is a big step in the right direction. I think so. Josh Proctor, he builds some some cool stuff. Yeah, pretty badass stuff for sure. Yeah, big big stuff too. So yeah. <laughs> I'm actually interested. He, I seen the Instagram post the other day. He built uh, a supercross track at Jack Miller's. You see that? The MotoGP yeah. guy? Yeah. Uh, up north somewhere. I think he's is he, he's way up north. Yeah. It's somewhere. He's part of that crew up there. It's too far. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much on the South Pole down here in yeah, Melbourne. Too damn hot up there, man. I tell yeah. you what, you're like living in a friggin' your armpit, you know, just sweaty all <laughs> sweaty. the time. Man. It's hot. It's either hot or it's raining. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they he built a set of whoops at Miller's and he said, this is what you're going to see at Oz Supercross. This is like what they look like. Damn. So that'll be interesting. Because yeah, yeah. they, they didn't look huge, but they were. They're beefy. They're raceable, but beefy. Yeah, yeah. they're beefy. <laughs> kind of like Western Pike. Oh, man. Like raceable, but beefy. Beefy. <laughs> Big beefy. Austin's freeze. Oh, <laughs> anyway uh what time we got donnell we went at what time is it where we at dog 7 we're gonna call duran and let's call duran now let's get him on the let's show on the show because a lot of the listeners were bummed out that duran isn't co-hosting so let's call him and see where he's at he's probably on a tinder date he probably is <laughs> I, I messaged him a second we talk he said yes you better so. walk out of a, a restaurant leave her at oh banger how are you, mate? Welcome to the. Uh, I'm not sure you heard of this little little show called the uh, Inside Dirt Show. I think you used to be a part of it at one point. Inside Dirt Motocross Show. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Um, I just had to let all the listeners down gently and say that you're not going to be co-hosting uh, this Supercross seasons of shows. I'm sure it won't be too much of a loss for you. Oh, don't be like that, Duran. I think you'll be. Who have you got? Uh, who have you got on in there now? Andy Dinicole's come on to, to fill your, your big shoes. What's going on, big dog? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's got a bigger foot than me. <laughs> true, true. Um, so, Banger, you're not doing the show because word on the street is that you might be racing some Supercross this year. Yeah, I, I was I'm in an iron today whether I do round one, uh, but. I've only had three days on one track, so uh, I think it might be a little bit premature to uh, come out and, and ride, but um, it sort of didn't really work out the way I was hoping with um, riding in America and then uh, just doing some training, and then I had a bike problem over there, so I didn't get to ride for a couple of weeks, and then I came home and my bike wasn't ready here, so it was sort of another two weeks, so I had about nearly a month off the bike, so I didn't really go to plan, but um, I'll get some riding in and we'll see maybe round two or three yeah so give us a rundown on that real quick because obviously you you ditched uh you ditched australia in the winter you headed over to the states um you know you got all tatted up joined the metal militia by the look of it um <laughs> and yeah you were doing some riding over there so what what was it basically just to get back on the bike after all your injuries and stuff yeah well i pretty much last year was i only had what well, i think i had three months on the bike out the whole year and then with that injury rolling over into this year i had ridden so i I got a bike here in June and then I think midway through June I started riding and then I thought, well, fuck it, I've, I've been off for so long. I want to I make the most of this riding and I um, still had my car and everything over 
in uh, America and I kind of had to go over at some stage and, and deal with all that stuff that I still had over there. So um, I, I just went over. I, I bought a bike off uh, my friend, Jai Constantino, um, and, and, yeah, just went over for a couple of months and, and did some riding, which was nice because it was summer over there. It was really hot. And I just pretty much tried to smash out as many 30s I could and, and try and get some bike fitness. Yeah, you were definitely working hard. I seen you... Um there was some Instagram posts. I'm not sure. You, I think you had a new personal trainer or something. She she was working <laughs> you pretty hard after hours, I think it was. No, no, no. No. All right, we'll leave that one at that then. I guess that was just for the boys. Um, so, all right. Um, so, what's your program this year, Bang? You're riding a Honda, obviously. You just kind of... You getting any support? Yurev uh, Consi's coming in the studio soon. Do you want me to see if he's still got your number or what, what the go is there? Nah, Yurev, that's the reason why I'm riding Honda. Uh, that was about the only place I could get a bike um, that was cheap. And Yurev, you know, like as much as everyone thinks we're not friends, he's actually quite a good friend. And, um, yeah, he hooked me up. Uh, not like I wouldn't say, yeah, crazy too, but, yeah, like better than what I could sort of get anywhere else. And, and just mainly just, I rode uh, Jai's 250 and I felt really comfortable on it. And I just thought, well, if I'm not going to get help from anyone, I'll just ride a bike that I'm quite comfortable on. I, I had some suspension um, from the in the years past with Hondas and a few little parts. So I thought, stuff it, I'll just ride a Honda and um, sort of found out that the motor needs quite a lot of work. So I uh, spent a fair bit with that. But it, just the chassis wise and all that, I, I'm loving the Honda. It's, so now that you're riding for Metal Militia, you just cut off the front fender and the rear fender and then do some chassis work to it, or is that how you, <laughs> you cut off some, some weight to get it a bit faster? Or No, <laughs> um, no just pretty much I was riding for the sort of the month that I was here. I just you know, had an ignition and a couple little things, and it was still nice to ride getting the bike on. And now I um, bought some parts when I was over. Uh, in America, and I sort of sent them back and um, sort of got the bike good. I thought it's actually quite good now. I'm quite happy with it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully I get some speed up and I can at least, you know, go and, you know, somewhat run in that top 10 again. Yes, I mean, anyone that doesn't get the, the Metal Militia reference, Duran got all tatted up while he was in America, came back with two full sleeves, which they actually look really cool, bang. They're, they're really done well. Um, but Well, I'd actually, I actually, I'd sort of organised that year in advance because I thought I'd be over there and then I got hurt and I wasn't over there so uh, but I just tried to smash it out as quick as I could so that I didn't really have any time off the bike and we actually did the second half just four days straight so we just got it done Wait, the tattoos or what? Um, all right so let's switch it up so you've been back on the bike a little bit um so you would have raced the 2014 supercross at um the the brisbane entertainment center right yeah that yeah i did yeah that was on what was i yeah yeah you're on raceline then um it's been a while since we've been there what what do you think we're going to be expecting from round one um it's going to be quite racing the 450s i don't think are going to get out of second which is a little bit scary on, on we've been such a tight track with so much power. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be good. The last time we were there, I think it was a Eureve run event, wasn't it? And the yeah, track I was think actually quite good. That'll be a good so, thing to ask him, actually, because I forgot he used to promote some of the rounds. Yeah, uh, I've actually seen the track map for this weekend. It looks pretty sweet. Um, so I think it will actually be pretty good. And I know it's a tiny bit smaller than uh, 
Kudos uh, Bank or whatever it's called that the Aussie Open has been run in. But I still think it will be a good event. And, um, I'm, I think Proc is good in the track, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the whole series. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking so at the, be the track map. We're just getting good. the track map up right now, actually. So, it'd be interesting. Yeah, okay. Can you hold that up, dude? I can't see it. Um, yeah, okay. So, there's like a slip lane. That's gone. Oh, okay, so it's just a start. There's a base lane, whoops, finish, wall jump. Yes, yeah, so they fit a quite a bit of track in. What What do you reckon, like a 30-second lap time, Duran? No, wow. It'll be, if it's in the 20s, that's, that'll be good. Yeah, okay. I, usually in, in uh, the indoors like that, isn't it? Usually 18 seconds. Cause, uh, wasn't Sydney like 26 or something and they had their tunnel? Yeah, I guess Sydney was mid-20s to 30s if you were a you know, lower end guy, and I forget about the tunnel. Yeah, that added a good bit of time, didn't it? So, yeah, yeah be interesting so, to see. So, you don't think you'll be you're probably going to miss Brizzy? And maybe go straight to Adelaide? No, nah, unless someone wants to pay for me fuel to get up there, I'll be uh, I'll be sort of looking at. I think if I I'll do Melbourne hundred percent. If I can do the others, I will. But I've you know it's kind of hard with our Aussie Supercross series to warrant putting the money in. You know, like I've got. No, what I get? I've done top five in the series a couple of times, and honestly, you, I don't really get anything out of it apart from spending my money. So, I'll do the local ones, and and when I'm ready and, and feel like I can actually be competitive, I'll do them. But apart from that, you know, it's a lot of money, and the prize money's not really getting you to race to race. You know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, mate. I mean, uh, enough, yeah. it is it is a tough gig for the privateers. We uh, we feel uh, hopefully this year with the series, you know, I think Bailey and uh, that are having a lot to do with it. Uh, well, they're running it, and, and so hopefully it takes that next step, and we have a really good series again. Yeah, we were just saying that earlier. I think everything's moving in the right direction. You got two promoters that seem to work pretty well together. Um, it's going to be interesting. You got three rounds with one promoter, two rounds with AME. Um, you know, TBE doing the first three, AMA doing the last two. AME, sorry, doing the last two, but. Um, yeah, man. Well, look, Duran, we just wanted to say uh, good day real quick because I knew the listeners would, as much as you don't think so, they'd miss you. Um, so, yeah, we thought we'd see how you were doing and um, was hoping to, to see you at Brisbane to maybe jump on the live show with me. But uh, I guess we'll have to wait till later in the season to, to see you at a Supercross, maybe. Talking the boys. It's too far in the future to, to know. What, what are we, Monday? I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> well, I'm it's the, it's like, the week of round one. You're right. Who would, who would have thought you'd need to plan for the weekend? I've got some. I, I just need some stickers to put on the numbers, and I'll be right. Yeah, well. So, I mean, who, who have you got for round? Who have you got? Four fifty. Who have you got? Oh man, I mean, <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked about it yet because we're going to get to that. But I mean, honestly, oh, okay. for for Brisbane with the with the short track and it being basically an arena cross, I mean, who gets good starts? I think. I mean, can you bet against the Brighton in an arena cross setting? I don't think so. Unless he doesn't get a good no, start. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll get a good start. Reardon, I think, will be strong too. Mm. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw, like, a, a Luke Cloud or... Um, Dylan Long, if you got a good start. Longy, like, there's any number of guys with a whole shot there could land on the podium, do you think? Yeah, I would think that uh, the top two are going to be Brayton and um, Reardon. But you can't count out uh, Metcalf. He's going to be... If he can get a start, he's obviously, you know, one of the best riders of the last decade, so... Uh, I think he'll be up there. And then I think if you've got the raw speed of Clout, uh, I think that will be sort of that top four group. 
Yeah, what about 250s? I mean, Chris Blows, he had a lot of years of arena cross experience. you got to think he's going to be... Think, yeah, I think he will be, he'll win. Yeah, I, I so, think you can uh, look past Blows, honestly. Uh, watching him during the week uh, out of Boydie, there's, I don't think there's anyone in the 250 class over here that's going to be able to match him in the wood. Yeah, in general, at round one or just the whole series? Uh, just maybe at round one. I think he, he's so good at that indoor stuff. He's an arena cross guy, and I think, yeah, no one's going to be able to touch him if he gets a start. But then you got to remember that there's people like Wilson Todd and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that Blokes is going to win. I think he probably will, but uh, there's definitely guys that could beat him, but I, I would put my money on Blokes for the win. That's it, man. Well, um, all right. Thanks for coming on, Bank. Just taking the call. And, um, you know, we miss you here in the studio, but uh, we're going to check it. Maybe you can be our on-track correspondent. Like when you race some rounds, we'll get like a, a race report from you each each week. How about that? Um, maybe. <laughs> He's always playing hard to get. It's like it's so hard to get you to do anything with this show. I swear if we had girls on here. Yeah, I might put a blonde wig on so. and say my name's like, I don't know, Brittany or something. Uh, Beverly. Beverly. <laughs> Uh, friends only stories, eh, bang? They're a good thing. Uh, uh, no worries, boys. <laughs> <laughs> see, all right, see you back. Duran Stapleton, everyone. We had to check in with Duran. He's a good time. and uh, He was sweating on the phone. Oh, you could tell. It. He's like, if someone in America <laughs> listens to this, I'm in so oh, this is a bad time. But um, The funny thing about Duran and all the jokes and debauchery aside, he can actually ride a supercross track. He's like, fast, The man. guy can ride. Mm-hmm. He's had more injuries than anyone should ever have to go through. Yeah, he's he's been through the wars, but man, he can turn up the heat on a bike. He's he fast, man. He is. Uh, so I hope we see him at some supercrosses, man, because he he loves it. He lives it. and um, He's fearless. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, all right, so what time we got? What's that? Five days. Five days. <laughs> it's a weird way to tell the time. 8.55, 75. Uriv is getting here at eight, I believe. Anyway, in the meantime, AD, let's talk about uh, this year's team lineups. So mm-hmm. let's start with, we'll go 450s first. Uh, Penwright Honda, obviously. Uh, Brayton. Brayton and uh, Brett Metcalf. Yep. Um, CDR is Luke Clout and Dan Ridden, who's yep. going to be on the show later. Empire, Kawasaki, Dylan Long and Lawson Bopping. Um, Yamalu Yamaha is going to run Richie Evans. Um, DPH Husqvarna they're going to be running um, Todd Waters because someone someone did my notes for me Darnell and has got Wilson Todd written for the 450 DPH rider <laughs> Uri said he's five minutes away so he'll be here soon uh, ten minutes away then <laughs> yeah he'll be here next week um, Todd Waters now probably go we'll go through KSF Yamaha now, I guess, or are they just KSF? I don't know if there's a manufacturer tag. Not sure. I think it's just KSF, maybe. Yeah, Great Thurstone's coming back from the UK. Yep. Um, privateers, Jesse Dobson, mm-hmm. notable privateers. Jackson Richardson's doing his own Rockstar Honda deal, I think. Um, SB Motorsports, Cody Dice and Jaden Rikers has now moved over to that Suzuki outfit. That's sick. Yeah, it is good. I, I was out. Uh, I was actually out at the track yesterday with the SB Motorsports guys and Rikers was riding. He rips. Yeah, he's getting his feet wet in Supercross. I think it's his first season. Um, but yeah, he was he was jumping some stuff and still figuring it out. I think this year will be a learning year for, for him. For sure, this year is definitely a learning year for him. Same for Cody, Cody Dice too. Mm. You know, like, I don't think he had the best success in Supercross on a 250. Um, 
But let's go through those riders. I mean, I don't think that's – is that everybody as far as the heavy hitters? It must be, right? I want to say, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, went through so, this. So, I mean, there's a lot of big guys there. Um, so, Justin Brayton, defending champ. Mm-hmm. Is he three or four-time champ now? Three. three so, yeah. this is going to be the four-peat. Mm-hmm. Can you do it? Dude, you know what? It's going to be tough this year, I think. I think he's got some – it's hard to say because sometimes he's so fast you know like I see him out in practice and he's just flawless every time because you, you were know? riding with him last year at Club MX right Club MX dude and he can go out and he can run laps consistent like no mistakes and it, how can you compete with that you know like unless you're the likes of say oh, anyone from America you know like uh, Dean Wilson um Chad Reed, you know, raw speed. But even then, like, he's still got it, man. He's still fast. He can come out and swing it, I guarantee it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and he's just signed to um, Factory Honda, Honda in the States. Yeah, which is huge. That's man. a massive deal. Unreal. It is. Yeah. Um, Going to be partnered with Roxon. Yeah, and I was watching some footage from the uh, – I was watching Dean Wilson's vlogs from uh, Montreal, mm-hmm. Canada Supercross, and Brain was going fast. Yeah, man. Yeah, him 100%. and Wilson were going at it. He was on Wilson's GoPro. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah, no, I saw it. Dude, like, and every time Wilson passed him, you just see Brayton's fender in the next turn. Like, he's yeah, so yeah. smart. I know. And I mean, he's just flawless. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't make that many mistakes when he rides. And, like, last year, we not last year, year before, we were out at Mosig's a bunch mm-hmm. when, when Kate had that supercross track and some of the guys I was working with, we were out there a bunch and, and Brayton was riding out there. Man, just the biggest set of whoops at Kate's place back in the day. Not scared. Oh, it wasn't even not scared. Like, it didn't look scary for him. Like, mm-hmm. everybody else, it it was pretty gnarly. But for Brayton, he yep. was just... Everyone else is puckering up, and he's going, oh, yep, just yeah. another set, let's go. But he's not an... Like, you talk to him, he's not an intense, gnarly dude. At all. But then when he gets on the bike... Yeah. Like, they were doing this dragon back thing. It was a dragon back on, off. Mm-hmm. And I think Brayton was going off the dragon back over the tabletop to the landing. He was, like, quadding off the dragon back. Yeah. And there was, like, a four out of the turn on, off. He was quad than that before this finish jump like but never once did you hear a panic rev or just so dialed so you know obviously coming into this year he's the favorite you know who do you think is going to be able to beat him well depends if you look at round one mm. i think if clout or reardon mm-hmm. or medi mm-hmm. get a start starts a key obviously especially on that short track 100 but reardon's been around the block long and sorry uh, Brayton's been around the block long enough to know that he probably doesn't have to win round one. Yeah. Um, we if probably need to, three. we need to talk about this more actually. Yeah. I, I left this bit out. So once you're in the A main mm-hmm. for round one, so we've got the A and B main. Mm-hmm. Once you qualify for the A main, you've got two motos with an Olympic scoring system, mm-hmm. which is essentially like your triple crown format in the States. Except it's like a double crown because there's only two motos. Um, so consistency is going to play a part too. 100%. And, that's going to be interesting. Two gate drops in that arena with elbows flying and yeah, good no. What else is going to be going on? Getting two good starts up against some of the best, like in Australia, if you know some some of them in the world, like it's going to be tough. You know, like those guys are going to be ripping down that start. Like game. someone's going to go three three or three four and get like second or first overall. Yeah, because someone's going to go like one five or one mm-hmm. six with a bad start, or someone just gets slammed in the third turn or <laughs> sent into the stands. I don't know, whatever it looks it's like. It's going to happen. Dude, I'm freaking excited now. It's, yeah, I wish I was up there, man. I'm I know. watching it. Me and Darnell, uh, so you're, because you're doing the camera and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah he's going to be kicking it. Yeah. Do you, do you got a, are you doing it on the floor or are you in the stands? 
Oh, he'd be getting yeah. some live action. Yeah. Duran's <laughs> <laughs> there. It's going to be live. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's not a live broadcast. It's just going to the big screen. And But then your footage also makes up the the, the TV package that's going to be the highlights package. Yeah. from So NRG TV is filming it, but it's not broadcasting it. So yeah. Other than Brisbane, let's say, because obviously Start's going to play a huge part. Do you, who's going to be Brayton? I think Clout gets a main win, at mm. least one. I agree. I really think he does. I Reardon, even though he's coming on the show in a minute, I'd, I'd like to think he could beat those guys. Mm-hmm. He got third in the series last year, right? Let's take a look at the 450 um, class standings real quick. This will help us out. So we've got uh, Justin Brayton, Brett Metcalf, Dan Reardon was your top three. Then it was Jay Owen. He's not coming back. Dylan Long, Luke Clout, but Luke Clout missed a bunch of rounds. Yeah. After that crash at Geelong. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just sorry. Um, Dino, I was just going to get your evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, Robbie Marshall. We always forget about him. Not always, but the privateer freestyle Dude, he's rider. Pretty consistent. He, he kills it on a supercross track, yeah, and he yeah. backflips the finish, which, which is, is always pretty rad. He does the pastrano, and that's badass. Bopo got eighth last year. Jesse yeah. Dobson nine. Nick Sutherland ten. Um, that was your top ten last year. So. There's a lot more depth in that SX1 class this year. Do you think that Daniel Reardon, because he hasn't had a start since AusX Open last year, do you think that's going to play a part? Yeah, I think round one he's going to be tight. I agree. I think he's going to be a little rusty, mm-hmm. but you also got to remember it's Dan Reardon. He's a badass. He is, you know. Um, he's raced in the States multiple times. Yeah. You know, he was, in his day, he was one of the best guys. Well, maybe not in the world, that's a stretch. But Mate, he went up against. Let's say he was world class. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. He went up. Remember, he bet uh, Chad Reed that time. That's what I was going to say. I don't think he beat Reedy, but he, was he, he gave was, it to him. Yeah. It he, was at Raymond Terrace. It was. Yeah. You know? Um, that's And that was when, you know, Reedy was in his prime, I think. Well, that's what pretty much got Reedy in the ride in the States. Yeah. I heard. Because yeah. Chad came back to, to race in Oz for that one round. Mm-hmm. And then word got out that this, this young kid from. From Oz on the cow, he took it to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's when Reedy was like the man. But, you know, Reardon, I mean, realistically, I think that's your guys that's going to challenge. You know, it's going to be Brayton Metcalf, Luke Clout, Dan Reardon. Uh, maybe, like, Todd Waters, I don't know. He's just come back from breaking both his thumbs. Yeah, it's tough. But Waters is fit. Yeah. If if he gets a start at Brisbane, or is he is he going to Brisbane, though? I, think I don't know. Last time I saw him, Let he me was check down the, at Berna Suzuki. Um, the riders list. Ride date down in Victoria, and he still was in a car. So I'm not sure whether he is or not. But one person that I think you're missing out on is uh, Jackson Richardson going up to the 450 class. I mean, he finished. That is, I actually forgot he went up. Yeah. But he won a lot of races last year, you know. Where is Waters? Maybe Waters isn't on the right list for round one. Uh, Not sure. All right. Question mark. Asterisk. Maybe Waters is in, maybe he's out. I I know. I saw on social media his, his thumbs are out of a cast. Yeah. But maybe he's not doing it. It's tough, man. That the thumbs aren't something you're like that are easy to come back from, you know. But isn't that just something that could you see Todd Waters doing that? As in just yeah, getting a start, he's a, he's no a, bike time, when and, th- and like leading a main. When I think of a man, Todd Waters, it, yeah, man. yeah, that's the definition <laughs> yeah, right Todd there. Waters, man. Just hair on the <laughs> chest, man. <laughs> you know, he's already got a chair, man. Oh, we got another guest. Okay, cool. Oh man. We got uh, we got Yurif Konsky in the house. Oh, Brett Metcalf. <laughs> you want to jump on it? <laughs> um, well, there we go. Um, all right, AD. Yeah. Well, my fault. I only bought two microphones tonight. Hey, you so, got it, man. Uh, I'm gonna take a. AD's gonna jump out, and we'll get to, yeah, get scored by. 
<laughs> it's really awkward. <laughs> All right. So, um, as promised, everyone, brought to you by AMX All Motorcycle Accessories uh, owner, manager, the man at, uh, is it, I guess it's Penrite, Penrite Racing Honda, or is it just Honda Racing Australia? No, it's the Penrite Factory the Penrite Honda team. Racing team. Yeah. Penrite Factory Racing Honda team. Yurif Konski, how are you, mate? Good, Joe. Yourself? Good. Thanks for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. It's uh, It worked out well. Like I said, um, we're only a couple of minutes up the road from your factory here, so... You know, it's good. We were out uh, out testing today, so it was a long drive back. But, um, yeah, it's good to be here, and it's good that you're close to the factory. Yeah, so were you doing some testing today? Yeah, we had Mitchell Oldenburg, Chris Blows, and Brett down. So is there a Supercross track out at PBR now? Yeah, there is. It's a great track. Yeah, nice. I didn't know Boyley had built that yet. Yeah, Mel Cash built it for him. Mel's known throughout Australia for building some great tracks, built most of our Supercross tracks, and we were promoting the championship, so... Yeah, it's a great track, and I think everyone really enjoyed the facility. Yeah, nice. So we was actually talking about that a minute ago because um, we were talking about the last time we were at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. That was your round, right, in 2014? Did you promote that? Correct. It was the last round of Supercross. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, you could probably give us a bit more of a better insight as to what to expect from that venue. I think it's a great venue. The footprint on the floor uh, is just as big, if not potentially bigger than Sydney. There's no way of going out the back of the stadium with mm. the way the, the stadium has been built, but the actual floor itself is, is as large as you'll get in an indoor stadium. Yeah, it's... Um, I'll take that back. Marvel's <laughs> obviously a lot bigger. It's our other indoor stadium, but traditional indoor stadiums in Australia, it's got the biggest floor plan. Yeah, okay. As far as like an arena, I guess you call it. Um, is it... You haven't promoted in a few years, obviously a lot less stressful. No, I took on other responsibilities. So, yeah, business is – I like to have a lot of things happening. Mm. Uh, I, th- I think I'd find life quite boring if I took a step back. So You've I, always got a bit going on, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's good. I got the opportunity to work in a, another field of motorsport, which has taught me a lot, actually. So working in supercars has, has made a, a big difference to what I now know about motorsport. And um, I wouldn't have been able to learn that if I kept doing what I was doing. So I'll take the positives from it. I I did enjoy promoting. I definitely wanted to bring uh, a new audience wherever I could to the sport of Supercross. I think AME and TBE are doing a great job of that now. But yeah, I I did enjoy it. But I still do the same thing, but on a a different platform with both my own team and with uh, Brad Jones Racing in the Supercar Championship. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see that crossover with you doing the V8 stuff. Like you said, it's probably given you a whole new insight into a, more of a mainstream motorsport, perhaps. I think it's it's a great sport. I think all forms of motorsport are, uh, are terrific. And I, and I think that supercars in Australia has a, such a footprint because of its history with television. And I think once we start bringing that across to our sport, the more people we can get, the more eyeballs we can get, our sport's going to grow extremely quickly. I think that's the only thing that's really missing is that we're not reaching a new audience. We're talking to core people, Mm. which it's great that they're bringing their kids through because we've still got people involved in motorcycle sport. But I think that the rich history in supercars comes from the fact that it was promoted so well through television. Mm. Okay. And you look at AME who have brought Tony Cochran on and Tony Cochran it has been known 
globally mm. as a terrific promoter and he was the one that helped spearhead supercars to another level and I think that that's a great coup by uh, AME to bring him on board their board. Are they doing live TV again for AusX? I think actually several rounds have got TV this year. I think uh, there's highlights packages for, well, I know round one and round th- one and three perhaps. Rounds one and three, definitely. Yeah. And then four and five are live. So that's great. I mean, that's that's a lot of eyeballs globally in yeah. our sport. But I think the best thing also going for us at the moment is not just podcasts, but social media allows us to reach everyone instantaneously throughout the world. And that's what's brought great attention to Supercross and enabled us to put on riders from all over the world. Yeah, it's a digital reach now. And I think, um, I mean, we could probably just go straight into that right now. Like you have you have a unique team model here in Australia, I'd say, with um, you positioned yourself as the, the factory team. Now, I think you'd probably be able to clarify better than I can. You have a lot of different programs going on within Honda Australia as far as the other teams involved in the privateer programs with Honda. Um, but maybe give the, the listeners a rundown with that. So obviously you are owner and, and manager of the, the factory squad. And then how do you delegate down from there with your operations with like the Ride Red program and the CRF 250 team? I'm blessed with the opportunities Honda's given me since 2003. And together we sit down and try and work out what the best model is for our sport. And... The reality of it is it's it's quite easy to put all your eggs into the factory basket and all your budget into that because that is going to get your most attention. It's just a fact. But we can't forget the privateers coming through from juniors. We can't forget juniors. We can't forget satellite programs. And then there are other disciplines that we need to consider. doesn't matter which manufacturer it is. All manufacturers have different models, whether it's a superbike a 300 road bike, an enduro bike, a trail bike, then they've got to focus on their farm market, agricultural market. In our case, we sat down and we looked at the different categories of sponsorship that we could provide, and Honda were very open to it. We talked about the Ride Red program that now that's what we've called it. And I recall growing up how difficult it was to get support. I mean, everyone knows my story, and for those who don't, I grew up with, the, the the joke that my dad used to take us to the track with the tax uh, with the bikes in the back of the taxi <laughs> that taught me a lot it taught me how difficult things can be and if you want something you need to work hard but I hear I read so many different things on social media I'm not going to lie I mean uh, I'm I'm open I, I do read them I take some things on board I take criticisms I've made many mistakes in this sport but one thing that I haven't forgotten is my roots and as a privateer, I remember the first Supercross I went to, I think, was in Orange. And this is no word of a lie. I tied fishing line to my front wheel of my CR125 that was on a $700 trailer being pulled by a $300 Corolla. And it was a $6,000 <laughs> motorbike. And I, I was I was tired trying to drive home and I was scared my bike would, would be stolen. So I pulled into a service station. But the truth is, that's that's my upbringing. You know, most people see a fancy trailer and a, a big truck and, you know, big dollar riders and they think that, you know, I've, I've grown up with, with... Silver spoon in m- your mouth, so to speak. Yeah, and far from it. So the biggest thing for me is to make sure the privateers get support. So one of our programs that Honda's enabled me to put together, and it's all got to do with Honda. I mean, I, I get credit when it's when it's not due, but one of the 
things that enabled me to put together was the Honda Privateer program. And at first we picked 10 riders that we thought could do with some help. Riders in MX2, MXD, MX1. This year we've grown it to have three female riders. Next year we'll grow it again. And now that Lee Hogan's BCP program, uh, their riders, the junior riders, are starting to come of age, we're going to provide them with support. So there's a definite link between juniors and our senior program. So that's one of our programs. We give them bikes, parts. Fly are really good. They give them riding gear. Bridgestone gives them tyres. Honda Genuine gives them oil. Uh, The list goes on. FMF supports them. Rental supports them. So SKD, A supports them. So we've got some great sponsors. So I went out, asked a whole heap of sponsors. I mean, those guys are getting a big package, small parts budget, even a bonus program. Mm. Bonus program is spread amongst them. So it's highest place ride Red Rider, not where you finish in the championship. Yeah, I've heard that's a, a pretty decent, as far as our industry goes, like it's a pretty decent contingency program for the privateers. You know, we're... We're eager to see them turn up to racing. We know how expensive it is, and we want the coverage, so we we appreciate the support they give us as well. I mean, guys like Joel Whiteman, they take a truck to the track. I mean, they're they're a big effort. Isaac Mall. And then we have our satellite program where we invested money into the Pirelli, sorry, the Penrite Pirelli CRF program. We've seen the success of Kyle Webster and even Reese Budd. Yeah, Bud was a good, uh, you know, came through from the BCP program and found his way through to that CRF team and uh, he's not set the world on fire, but he's been solid in his rookie years. He's been terrific. Uh, We're really happy to see him. Like last year we had him in Ride Red. Yeah. And again, it's just showing that we've got this link, this transitional link from juniors where Reese was into seniors. He rode for Ride Red and then in his second year he's got a a semi-professional support ride. Yeah. And he's done well. I think he finished second in the championship. Yeah, he was third in uh, MXD. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was competitive, very competitive. You know, I think at Broadfit he qualified first or, or might have got a first. I'm sorry, like there's so many racing between all the three categories. But he had a good year. He, um, Yeah, he, he was competitive. He ran up front, like definitely, definitely showed his potential. I mean, another rider that we're really proud to be involved with. We're proud of all of our riders. I mean, Emma Malesevic's had a fantastic year this year. Yeah, that's right. I forgot you guys had Emma as well. You know, yeah. she she's she, she's blown my mind. Like, she, she took the initiative to go off-road racing. We didn't have an off-road racing program. She's brought great awareness to Honda motorcycles in off-road. We've had some great off-road riders ring us in the past month to discuss what we potentially might do next year. That's all come about from Emma. And her success this year, she finished second in the championship. She won a round. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. That's the Australian Off-Road Championship. And that, and that's a, a, a different category of racing that she's ever experienced before. So, you know, again, another, another rider that has benefited from the support that Honda provides. And then from there, we've got our factory program. Um, and, you know, where we... We're constantly evolving, looking at the program, seeing how we can improve it. And next year, we've got different things that we're going to be putting in place, which we can talk about. But that's our Honda structured. So we have our factory program, primary objective, very simple, win. Yep. Put Honda on the podium, if not on the top step of the box, enable us to help sell, promote the product and the brand. We have a satellite program where we hope we can transition riders. That's going to change a little bit next year. 
and then we've got our Ride Red program. Then we've got our junior program, which Lee Hogan does a fantastic job in managing. We just won a, a championship. Honda just won a championship. Yeah, I was uh, just there last week. Metcalf was uh, yeah. Brett Metcalf was there as well, and yeah, it was great to see. Um, what was his name? Benny Novak. Benny Novak did yeah. a great job winning against the eighty-five CCs on the Honda one fifty, and that's under Lee Hogan's management. He does a great job with that. And then we have the riding schools that Lee Hogan looks after for Honda with BCP. So Honda's total investment in, in, let's call it motorcycle racing, is by far and large as as big as any other manufacturer. And I think what you just did there is probably something that maybe needs to be done more often is we're so aware of like the Yamaha or the, you know, the KDM, they have that model from the juniors through. Obviously, Honda's still establishing this progression program, but um, by no means is it smaller than the other manufacturers, so but it's... Honda's conservative and, you know... I suppose one of the, the, the diff, most difficult things that I've had to contend with over the past 15 years is I had my face on Supercross, I had my face on Superbikes, I had Stroke Magazine, then I was running the factory team and I was running the junior team and then I also had the Honda Smart team where I was investing money into guys like Cameron Taylor and Lee Ellis and it got too much. Not too much work, it just got too much. Eureve was doing too much. And mm. so taking a step back and, and listening to some of the senior people at Honda educate me. I'm happy to, that, that Honda's philosophy is to be conservative and let their results speak for themselves. They're not loud and flashy. I'm probably the loudest there. <laughs> and hopefully at the end of the day, the results that Brett Metcalf gets or Justin Brayton gets or Reese Budd gets or Cole Webster gets or Jai Constantinu gets or Emma Molesovic gets or Tanisha Harnett gets or Benny Novak gets. I mean, they speak for themselves and that's one thing that I have to say that Tony Hinton from Honda has taught me. You're able to just take a step back, do the work and hopefully the results that you get on and off the track will speak for themselves. And we have riders ringing to ride for Honda at the factory team. We have riders wanting to be on our bikes in Ride Red. And Lee's had great success with the junior program. And again, it took me a long time to learn that. But yeah, Honda's philosophies are very different. And Yamaha does a fantastic job. We need that type of support in the sport, both at a superbike level and at a junior level. And in a schools level and at a factory level, Yamaha do a fantastic job. Honda just does it differently. But yeah. they're definitely invested in motorcycle racing in yeah. all disciplines here in Australia. I think that, like I said, that breakdown you just gave the listeners, that's going to go a long way in understanding Honda's philosophy. So that's good. But uh, Yuri Konski here, everyone, uh, brought to you by AMX All Motorcycle Accessories. And uh, Yuri, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about Supercross uh, 2019. Um, obviously, we've got Brett Metcalf in the house. Uh, looking trim, Matty. Looking like you've been putting the the hours in. You fit? <laughs> Matty's ready to go. you got Brett Metcalf. Uh, you've got Justin Brayton, the defending champ, on the 450s. And we've got Chris Blos, And we've got Mitchell Oldenburg on the 250s. Um, so, I guess we could claim Matty as an Australian again now. So, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Never left. So, you have a, a three-rider three, three American lineup and, and obviously Brett Metcalf holding it down for Australia here. Um, now, like you said, the business model for the factory effort is to win. And um, that's something that you guys have, have done for the last three seasons now with Justin Brayton. Um, is Brayton able to do four, do you think? 
I think Brayton's definitely capable of doing four, but we don't. We don't. Um, I put you on the spot there a little bit. <laughs> well, I just think that we've got a great field of riders that mm. have got great international experience. We were yeah. just going through the rider lineup. Then there's a lot more depth this year than the four fifties. I think than we've seen in a while. I agree and disagree. Yeah, I, I think um, the depth was there last year. I'm not sure who else we have that we didn't have last year. I mean, Todd wasn't there last year. I'm nervous that he'll come in a little underprepared. Is, because I, 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 I don't well, think he's on the rider list for round one. Is he in for round one? Do you know? I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen the rider list, to be honest with you, Joe. Yeah, we were just looking at it now. I, I'm, I'm not sure if he's in or not. He might be a last-minute addition. I remember in 16, when he was on the Suzuki, and we were at Toowoomba, he was really fast. It was a, it was a disappointing to see him crash. Sorry, he is on the entry list, so scratch that, everyone. He'll be there by the look of it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get that out <laughs> no, there. No, I don't want to get that out, so that, that was my mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, he's definitely a capable Supercross rider. I've seen him do some wondrous things on a Supercross track and go really fast, but I think he may be coming in a little underprepared. I hopefully he's all healed up. I was so pumped to see him win the Australian Motocross Championship this year. I mean, he's tried for so many years, but... Other than him, I don't see there's a there's a real difference in the depth that we had last year. I mean, we've got Meddy, Luke Clout, Dan Reardon. Uh, we've got Brett. Uh, sorry, as I said, Brett. We've got Justin Brayton. Uh, Dylan Long, he was there last year. I mean, he was on Yamahas. Um, he's on the Cowie this year, and he looks really solid. So, and um, I don't know if Rod Bell is turning up with KDM, uh, but... I think that Supercross is different. He's still a very capable rider, good starter if he turns up. But I don't think the depth's deeper. I think everyone's a little more prepared. And I'm going to put that down to guys like Justin Brayton and Brett Metcalf. Take nothing away from Brett. He won round three in South Australia or four in South Australia. That's right. I got the hometown win last year. So I think the, the depth of talent is exactly the same. I just think we everyone's slightly better. Well, I, I think MXN finishing a little earlier this year and it's starting to take shape that people have more time. It still feels a little rushed every year, but it's getting there. It's funny we were talking about that over dinner. We had the team at dinner tonight after testing and it's the same every year. And a couple of the guys on our team, mechanics, are from America as well and they're like, Yuri, it's no different in America. You know, we're a week out from round one and we're still getting parts and it doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> it, it does and it doesn't I guess right like you still got to go through it but but um, look in in terms of that I think the depth has always been there I think whether Dean Ferris and Todd Waters went overseas and they improved and they brought that back and if we look at the success of Dean Ferris after coming back from Europe he was solid and everyone had to climb and I think that we saw a better field of riders when he turned up at Murray Bridge. Everyone was a little bit closer. Mm. And I think that we should all expect the same thing come Supercross. I think the same can be said when we had Gavin Faith and Jimmy Dakotas. We also had Hayden Melros here. And then Hayden Melros went back to America and had some outstanding results. I think he even got a podium. Yeah, he, he had some good uh, results that... Oh, sorry, not a podium. He might have got a, a fourth. Anyway. I think it was a fifth, maybe. Yeah, a fifth or a sixth. He went but back and he jumped forward. Mm. So I think riding against I mean Joe you're you're an ex racer I'm an ex racer I didn't want to go riding with a C grader as I was trying to beat Cameron Taylor I wanted to go riding with Cameron Taylor mm-hmm. and so I would do my best to go practicing with him Now 
he was the mark to be beat. I never beat him, but he's the guy that I wanted to go practicing with. And I think having the likes of Brayton or Metcalf here, I think that that's lifted the level of of. I think it's being, being exposed to it, right? Once you're exposed to it and you get in that environment. Um, I mean, Matty, you could probably testify to that. Like, Metcalf, when you... Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Andy's passing me notes. Josh Hill is also going to be here for... Um, is it rounds three, four, and five, right? I believe. Yeah, three, four, and five. So that's going to be interesting as well. Let's take another step forward before we talk about why I bring Americans out. I'm happy to touch on it. But... The promoters are also bringing out Anderson, Wilson. They've brought out Villapoto. You know, Chad Reed comes out. Trust me, whether it's Brett Metcalf or Justin Brayton, they're trying to improve every time they get on the motorcycle. They want to beat the American Supercross champion in Jason Anderson, or they want to beat Dean Wilson. It's the only way you're ever going to beat competition is to race the best guys. And I do believe, and I, I really hope that our next group of riders that are coming through want to head overseas it's hard for me to say that because i want the domestic championship to be really strong and have all of the best riders and talent that we we have here in australia remain in australia but i want them to go overseas now the only way they're going to improve and aspire to be better is to be surrounded by people that are better and listen to the stories now we're going to have a group of riders in the 250 class that are about to race mitchell oldenburg jacob hayes Chris Blose, Josh Osby, these are all guys that are not only capable of running top five, I mean, Oldenburg got a second this year, but Osby's out there qualifying for finals. Now we've got Jay Wilson, our Australian current Supercross championship, putting his hand up saying, I'm going to America to race the first five rounds. I'm capable. But he won championships in previous years and he didn't go. So I think having these riders here definitely lifts the level of competition level of self-awareness and is going to build better riders for us in the future. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, it's that exposure. Um, so we're just going back and forth with Dan Reardon on text. I forgot about daylight savings with the time difference here in Vic now. So uh, we're really hoping we can still get him on. That's my bad. So we'll see where that goes. But um, No, I'm going to take up all the time. Yeah, I know you'll talk all <laughs> night too, you Reef. That's no doubt. Um, look, you asked a question, and I know it's a question that everyone keeps asking, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. You told me even before I came in you wanted to touch on it. But why do I go overseas for riders? Well, it's not so much why. I think it's it's an established business model that you have. I think more my question might be every year it generates so much heat for you on social media and maybe why do you think that is? I mean, it's it's an obvious answer, I think, but from your perspective. I was going to be jovial about it, Joe. I was going to say that we run a, a Japanese motorcycle. You know, we, we, we run gear that's made overseas. Our exhaust systems are made in America, and I don't think there's anything other than our graphic kits and seat cover that, you know, were manufactured here in Australia. I mean, at the end of the day, we live in a world that's, in my mind, and it always has been in my mind, and it's the way I've been brought up, that's just one. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I, I, I never discriminate. I mean, it, I don't know if a lot of people know this, and I'm not frightened to say it, but I was born in Israel. I came over here when I was one. I was welcomed in Australia. I was originally going to a Jewish school. I ended up in a Catholic school. So talk about diversity and learning different cultures. And... I ring companies in America to support my Australian race team. Let's be quite frank. 
Fox, who supports teams in Australia. It's an American company. Fly, who supports us. It's an American company. I'm ringing them and say to them, instead of spending all your money there, can you send some of it my way and some gear my way? And you know what? Racing over here costs a lot of money, so we need just as much support for a smaller population, but please help us. But don't ever send any of your riders over here. We're uninterested. I don't have that philosophy. And I could joke about it, but what I will say is we're never going to be able to avoid public scrutiny the the bullying that happens in society today is is it's it's alarming we talk all about mental health and we talk about many different things if i was to take on board everything anyone has ever said about me because i've made some mistakes in in business and life then it would literally beat me to a pulp and i'd be sitting in a corner with my thumb in my mouth it's it's really bad to see what we see on social media you got to have thick skin nowadays, that's for sure. And let me put some real realities into perspective when it comes to business. We'll be lucky to have 6,000 people in Brisbane, maybe eight. We're going to have thirty-five to 40,000 in Melbourne. So the four or five people on social media that want to scrutinise what I do and have an opinion, it's there in black and white. International involvement helps propel our sport forward, gives it a better medium and platform to bring greater support over here. And without that, with our sport slowly on the decline, without that, we won't be going racing in five years. So hail what AME are doing. It's bringing new people in. Monster's an important part of our business. So is Red Bull. So is Coca-Cola. We're only ever going to sell so many motorbikes. And if it means me bringing over international riders to bring greater value and awareness for the sport, not only for our team, but potentially win for our partners, I'm going to do it. And I'm never going to listen to the three or four people that are always going to scrutinise not only what I do, but they're going to be the same people that get up there and say, that gear looks terrible, or Kevin Williams did this, or that rider is this. And it used to bother me. Five or six years ago, it had a major impact on me. I won't lie, I used to worry about it every night because I felt like I was disappointing people and no one ever wants to disappoint anyone. But I very, very quickly realised that they're the same people that are going to be upset that the mailman was five minutes late and you can't control that. All I can control is what I'm doing and I have one responsibility with a factory team and that's to deliver results, bring awareness to our sponsors and interact and engage with the fans that really, really love our sport because they care who I bring out and they're excited. The, the, the positive feedback outweighs the negative and you are always going to have different people with different opinions and you're, I'm never going to be able to help that. No, I agree. I mean, like you said, it's um, social media kind of opens the door for everyone to have an opinion. Um, but, you, you, you know, you're your stakeholders with Honda and your partners with, you know, with Fly and everybody else, like you said, that's your first and foremost responsibility. Um, and, and you do it well. I mean, let's be honest with that. But uh, I guess the other, the other side to that coin, and, and I will ask you this question, would be that I guess there's people saying that you could be paying Australian riders to support the Australian industry as far as that goes. And when those win bonuses and when those checks cash from, from Blows or Oldenburg or, or Brayton, uh, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's cheap for Brayton to win a championship over here for Honda and for everybody else. Um, that money doesn't stay here. It goes back overseas. So 
that's that, probably that, the other side of the coin, right? So again, I think differently. That money goes to a rider whose parents sacrificed everything to give that rider the opportunity to develop his craft. God forbid anyone has that mentality with the fact that we had Brett Metcalf in America, Chad Reed, Michael Byrne, we've got the Lawrence brothers in America. Currently, we're trying to position three riders in Europe. Mm. If they had the same philosophies, because again, their monies that they're getting to run those teams are coming from that country and then they're looking outside the country. Yeah, I'm glad they have the, the simplest and easiest philosophy, which is the one I share. Employ the best person for the job, that is your responsibility to give you the best results no matter who they are, what race they are, what religion they are, what nationality they are. And I have the exact same philosophy. We're a Japanese company run by Japanese managing directors and yet they're comfortable to invest money into Australian racing. Now, I'm not giving money to anyone but the guy who's the best. And I will say this because obviously I have to take a different approach, a professional approach. If I take out Justin Brayton, it's either Brett Metcalf winning or potentially right now someone from a different brand. Yeah. So the money ain't going to go overseas. It's going to go to a different color. (laughs) And quite frankly, I have no interest in seeing another brand beat Honda if I can do my job properly. So I appreciate what you're saying. But I'll put it to this, and it's the same thing everyone generally says. No matter where you're from, beat the guy that's winning. If Dylan Long beats the guy that's winning, all of us will be putting our hand up to try and hire him, all manufacturers, and Kawasaki will do their best to retain him. If Dan Reardon wins the championship, all of the riders, oh, sorry, all of the manufacturers will sit back and go, okay, he's the guy we need to win. If Todd Waters wins the championship, we'll do the same with him. And if some of the guys like Joel Whiteman come through and win, all the manufacturers will go after them. So as far as I'm concerned, whoever can win is the guy that's deserving of the money no matter where he's from. And as soon as that person wins, that person will earn a lot of money. Mm. All right, well, there you go. That's uh, some of the hard-hitting questions Reeve's got the uh, answers for. I mean, like I said, like you said, you're never going to please everyone and your your first and foremost responsibility is to your stakeholders and I think it's um it's just that public perception that I think maybe uh, platforms like this give you the opportunity to maybe go into depth a little bit more about these things but um hey can you just text Reardon and tell him we'll go back to the original plan at, at eight thirty Queensland time after he's done with dinner and so. I'll um and I and I'll and I'll finish up on that because I know you wanna you you're gonna get ready to talk to Dan but no, I talk we got a bit of time so I messed up with the time difference that's okay well I'm happy to just keep talking do you want to get on Matty you want to have a chat but <laughs> again I I, I want to reiterate I don't believe the public perception is as bad as what it is because I wouldn't say it's bad it's just there's different opinions and in this day and age people they voice them Joe you're a coach. I've been a coach. I was uh, ran Honda Smart for I think it was fifteen years. You tell me something. There's guys out there that have get, been given the world, mm. right? The world opportunities. You and I would only ever die for. We probably would die for those opportunities with what you and I have sacrificed growing up to try and be able to compete at a, at a high level. Yeah, agreed. Why aren't they winning? I think it's not because Justin Brayton's here. No, no, not at all. It's I mean, look, there's there's a lot of – this is the sport dynamic in, in a nutshell. I think 
it's it's perceived that the wealthy families and the wealthy kids give the opportunities to go all the way, but very few of those kids make it to the top. Luke Clout's been trying really, really hard. I don't think he's come from a lot of money. No, no. Kyle Webster's definitely not come from a lot of money. Dante hasn't come from a lot of money. Money will only get you so far. You've got to have that determination and I mean, and I, that I, will to go far. I know Brett, like a brother, well, he is a brother to me. I mean, that's the relationship him and I have. I'm comfortable to say that. They didn't come from a lot of money. He's told me some stories where they're sleeping in the car mm. and going to race meetings. I mean, this sport comes down to drive and will. You've got the Lawrence brothers in America. From what I understand, the dad's pretty well mortgaged or sold everything to give these boys the opportunity. Yeah, the the stories uh, they've put out, you know, some of the interviews I've heard from this year with where they're at, it's it's basically now they're able to start recouping some money that they've signed for Honda over and, there. And, but. and I have to listen to people suggest that I'm sending money back to America and I'm taking rides from Australians. Well, I'll be blunt. Last year's bike that Justin rode, other than the shock, okay, the shock, mm-hmm. everything else I paid for. Yeah. So, so I think the perception is that bike gets sent in a crate over from USA. and This year it has. I'm yeah. not going to deny it. It's going to be blatantly obvious that this year that bike is built with HRC components. In year one, in 2016, he'd just come off riding a, a KDM. He didn't even have a Honda. I organised him a bike a month before the championship started. He had been injured. He came over, came over and won on a bike that we built. I paid for. I mean, the same applies, uh, particularly a better, a better example, take away from Brayton. Everyone questioned why I brought Gavin Faith over. Let's remember, no one knew who this guy was. Yeah, when did you first bring him over, 2011? 2012, 2011, correct. Yeah. So I've, I've signed this guy. Even Honda is questioning me, why have I brought Gavin Faith over? Why didn't I just put on a, another person based in Australia? And I'm like, this guy's good. This guy's really good. We built the bike here, hadn't got Supercross experience, turned up at round one, finished second, won a round, finished second in the championship, next year he's won it. We built the bike here, Cruise Tune did the suspension, I think it was um, Harry built the motor and we went racing and he won and if there's anyone based in Australia that wants to say that we gave Gavin an opportunity... He turned up with his suitcase, came to the track and raced. But what people don't know is he lived in a trailer at a motorbike track and rode every day, five hours a day. You've been there, Joe. Yeah, I was. I remember just before you signed him, I was there and met Gavin. And it's uh, he was a nobody before he came here. Well, nobody's the wrong word, but he wasn't a profiled rider in the States. So I look at the riders that we have here in Australia, and I admire some of them. I really do. Some of them, their work ethic, I admire. And some of them have the talent to keep going and some of them unfortunately won't make it as a professional racer. But some of them I really do admire, but there are some of them that I really question. When I look at the work ethic of the riders overseas and what they're doing, I look at what Josh Osby does at Club MX. It's a nine o'clock start, it's a four o'clock finish, it's a gym session in the morning, it's a gym it's a gym session for recovery at night. You're living in a trailer, your world is riding a dirt bike. And I look at tennis players and I look at swimmers and I've read the stories of Michael Phelps. I've tried to educate myself as much as I can. I look at Andy DeNickel. I look at all of these young kids that have tried and it's extremely hard. But there are some that have really tried and then there are some that should look at themselves in the mirror and go, did I do everything I could today? Or did I worry about going out 
because I want a life balance. Now throw that life balance away because trust me, when Brayton first started, he told me he packed up from Idaho, drove and slept on one of his parents' friend's couch. And then he went out one day, Tona. Now I'm going to ask you, the top 10 junior uh, MX2 riders, how many of them would travel to a foreign country? Because from Idaho to California is a few days drive. It is. And I say this to a lot of a lot of the juniors and a lot of the kids that, you know, that are say 17, 18, that have just graduated or whatever it is. And they're still living at home with mum and dad. It's I think it's that age of entitlement now where they perceive that everybody else has had it handed to them. And, um, you know, I, I just think they assume it's easy. Would they be able to go live in the States or Europe? And, you know, you look at like Jed Beaton's done it, Mitch Evans has done it. There's a few youngsters that have headed overseas now from here, but how many of them would be able to cut it without mum and dad and cutting that bond and being able to survive on their own? And the biggest thing is throwing the life balance out. Mm. So over here they can get up, breakfast is cooked for them, their clothes are cleaned. But throw those simplicities away. They also get up, they go and ride for an hour or two hours. Then they go home and then they're buggered. It's been a big day. We both know it's very different. I, I've trained Andy, you've trained Andy. Andy will say that, you know, quite frankly, at times I was an asshole. I had a really high demand, and I assume you're the same from what I hear about your coaching, particularly from riders that suggest that they want it quite badly. But I've got to a point now where it's really difficult to take in when someone says to you they've had a long day, and you go, what do you do? Oh, I got up at nine, I went to the track, I did my two motos, it's been a long day, it was really hot out there and I've come home and I'm like, okay, so what else did you do today? Did you get up and do a two-hour cycle? Did you finish with an hour cycle for recovery? Did you do three motos? Did you actually collect any data from the motos? And what's your plans for tomorrow? Have you gone home and prepped your bike to be up at the next morning? Where are you riding? What I get is, oh, the track was beat. Yeah. They didn't get the track ready. No one watered the track. I'm like, well, okay, today we rode a track that we couldn't get water on but trust me all three riders put in some big big motos and my my point being is it's again i don't know if i've gone a little bit off no a, tangent, a good but, tangent never hurt anyone once in a while but the, the the truth is i would love a rider to come up to me and say okay how do i beat justin brayton no one's asked me that mm. i get this these questions about why i bring people out and even if someone said to me how do I be better than Brett Metcalf and get his ride? I would love to be on a factory bike. And I dare say the question probably hasn't been asked of, um, of, um, uh, of, of Dan Reardon to Dakar. How do I get a ride on your team? I mean, I remember, I mean, I'll be, again, very transparent. I, I looked up to Craig as a rider and as a team owner. I mean, he set the benchmark, but as a rider, he was ridiculously fit. I mean, the guy oozed professionalism and his physique. I mean, you sat there and go, this guy should be number one. Him and Glenn Bell the same. And I just questioned today, like, again, you talked about entitlement. Well, this guy's got that suspension and this guy's got that motor and how can I win without that? And I'm like, what people don't realise, Mitchell Oldenburg was on a box stock Honda back home. He got it two weeks ago. And I said to him, how is it? It's the guy coming off Star Yamaha. And he goes, I'll make it work. Mm. It's not as good as the bike I've got. And I've gone, okay, where are you riding? I'm riding in sand. I've gone, well, why aren't you on a supercross, uh, proper supercross track? We don't have one out here in Minnesota that, that I can get any water onto. 
I'm just pounding laps. I've borrowed a used – we're talking factory star Yamaha. Yeah. I've borrowed a used practice bike so I can prepare for Australia. But he's making it work. And I'm like, okay, they're the type of people I want. Um, let's switch gears a little bit, Yuri. A couple of questions I want to ask you before we finish up here. Um, we saw Justin Brayton at the Montreal Supercross, and that was on a Penrite Honda, I believe, um, so to speak. There was is that right? Is that it was a hi- it was a hybrid program? Okay, so it was a shared program. That was um, essentially it's the first time I can recollect seeing like other than maybe the JDR days when we had them in the states, but an Aussie team doing things overseas. So is that a business model you're looking at continuing, or where does that go for you guys from here? We're definitely investigating that at the moment. We're doing a fair bit of research, and obviously, I like to take on challenges, and it would be a great opportunity for us to expand into the US. We're definitely going to be at a bare minimum at four rounds of Supercross next year. So 2020. 2020. There'll be a Penrite-backed Honda program. Yep. I can comfortably say we're Penrite Honda next year. Yeah. Penrite's again the title sponsor. And we will be at um, the West Coast and we'll be doing the first four rounds of Supercross next year. Okay. Probably too early or unable to ask you a rider on that seat. It'll be an Australian. It'll be an Australian rider. Okay. And Brett Metcalf's not coming back to do Supercross on a 250. And it's not Matty. <laughs> okay, so, so, we, so yeah, okay. So there you but go. But we are looking at so. running a, a, a full program, potentially even in 2020 with one rider to do the entire championship. Do, do Penrod or any of your titles, I mean, Penrod doesn't have an American arm, is that correct? As no, far but as let's, let's take a step back and talk about what we spoke earlier. Mm. It's a global platform. True. So, and it's instantaneous. So... You know, there's live television. So you're talking about essentially the digital reach and live TV that something like AMA can give you? Correct. To, to leverage that sponsorship money? Plus, when you look at some of the big brands here in Australia, they're owned by um, American companies. GPC is a great example. GPC are the proud backers of companies like McLeod's and they also own Repco and Napa. So we've, we've got some global reach, hopefully, that I can tap into. And I'm not going to suggest I have yet, but... That's that's what we're looking at, and I mean, um, that's that's the direction I'd like to go. I think the West Coast Supercross Championship is a great step, and why is because we do run a Supercross program where we bring over international riders, and hopefully we can place an Australian over there, and it works. We do the West Coast Supercross Championship, and then those riders can come over and do the Australian Supercross Championship. We're already building two fifties for Supercross here in Australia, so hopefully we can build a, a holistic program that provides riders from Australia and America the opportunity to do 12 months of Supercross. And mm. let's be frank, that's the biggest platform for our sport, period, is Supercross. I mean, that's that's a big undertaking, and I know the JDR guys, they certainly tried it. I think if you can pull that off, it, it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. That's um, JDR did an amazing job, but the they had a, a full program across east coast west coast and also 450 we're not gonna where we don't have any yeah i think that was a probably they bit off way more than they could chew um we're not there that doesn't fit our program because um we've also got the motocross championship it's only eight rounds to do the west coast supercross championship then you add the five rounds of supercross that provides an athlete the opportunity to do 13 weekends a year and 13 weekends a year is one a month, and that's not a bad calendar for a professional rider. 
Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to see that international expansion going on for the Penrite Honda crew in 2020. That's big news, Yurif. It's going to be interesting to see where that goes for you guys. Um, so let's talk about it. We've just picked up a new sponsor for the show, that being uh, AMX and uh, All Motorcycle Accessories, the Superstore. Um, obviously, that um, that organization has a lot to do with your program as well. So we've got some signings coming up uh, Thursday the 10th of October. We're going to have uh, Brett Metcalf um, along with uh, Chris Plos, Mitchell Oldenburg in the Springwood store. Did you know um, that, Matty? Did I? Did you got that. <laughs> yeah, you got you got that in the email. Good work. Good work. Wouldn't be the first team manager to forget. No, no. Certain information. You know what? Information like that. I've got. You know, one thing I will say, if I can say it before I finish up, is I've got a great team of people. Jason Waters does a great job managing the team. Scott Lillis does a great job with Brett, and we've got Nick Timson out there, and we've actually recruited uh, Nathan. Uh, who's working with Mitchell Oldenburg. But the rock for all of us is Sarah Morris and everyone has got the Google the Google calendar map. I'm oh, sorry, app. Yep. I get bring, being brought up to apps these days, but the Google, cal- Google calendar app, and these guys know exactly what's going on. I'm the one that's reluctant to, um, to I suppose, move with the trends of time, but I've, I've come good. We'll I, get you there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, like I said, uh, thanks to... AMX for bringing Yuri Konsky on the show and also being one of our new partners for the uh, Australian Supercross podcast on the Inside Dirt Network. And like I said, Justin Brayton, Brett Metcalf, Chris Wise, Mitchell Oldenburg, Thursday, 10th of October, 67 p.m. I think Jay Wilson's there, isn't uh, he? Yeah, yeah. We also got... Uh, Todd um, Waters is coming. We've got Dan Ridden, Luke Crouch, Nato Crawford. This is more than your team, obviously, This, this as is well, unprecedented. So. Seriously, you've literally got all factory teams in, in, in an accessory store. So, you know, we've done stuff with AMX before. They just did stuff with the block. So, I mean, in terms of what they're doing with the sport and, and their reach, I mean, they just gave away a, a Penrite CRF450R on the block. So yeah. in terms of reach, that's the biggest show in Australia at the moment. And they gave away a dirt bike and had the TV crew come into their store. So yeah, AMX is fantastic. We're happy to support them with the support they give motorcycle sport. That's fantastic. Yeah, they, well, they probably got a question there, employee uh, protocol, because they give you a job. But <laughs> all right, Yuriv, hey, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate, and uh, much appreciated. You're always pretty honest and candid with uh, the questions you get thrown at you, and um, like I really think you guys have got a, a good shot at um, at titles in both classes. I think Chris Blose is going to be very difficult to beat indoors at Brisbane with his arena cross experience, and um, Oldenburg. I tell you what, when when he performs, he's he's a very talented rider too. Yeah, we're fortunate we've got a great crew of people, but we're not underestimating our competition. As I said, we've got Jacob Hayes there with Circo, Josh Osby there on the KDM. They're both capable riders, not taking anything away from the Australians. We've got Cole Webster coming back with a heap of confidence from the Des Nations. Yeah, he can ride Supercross too. Uh, he so. can. I've seen some videos that mm. he's put up. And then let's take nothing away from Dakar's guys. I mean, Dan Ridden, he's won a Supercross championship and he's been competitive and on the podium in America. And, Luke Clout, Luke Clout is one hungry kid. So I'm expecting the fireworks to happen and indoors it's gonna it, they're gonna bring it. Everyone's gonna bring it. So the crowd that comes is just gonna see an epic race. I agree. No, round one is gonna be interesting. So uh, like we said, guys, thanks again to AMX for bringing on Yves Konsky and um, make sure if you're in the Brisbane area, get to that signing for Springwood on Thursday the 10th and uh, meet Brett Metcalf and the uh, rest of the Pemrite crew. 
along with uh, Justin Brayton, the defending champ, and uh, a lot of the other factory riders. Now, I know uh, we're going to come to an end here with uh, Yuriv. Mehdi, can I, you want to jump on for five minutes, or are you going to fly in under the radar for round one? Yeah? We've got a bit of time, because uh, I messed up with Daylight Savings and Dan Ridden, but thanks a lot, Yuriv. Appreciate it, mate. No worries. Thanks for having us, Joe. Yeah, I mean, as long, if you can hear me, you don't need it, but... <laughs> um, Brett Metcalf, so an unexpected addition. I guess uh, you're obviously staying with the team um, whilst you're down here testing before round one, right? Yeah, I just flew in. What, what day is it? Monday. So I just flew in yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah rode yesterday out at uh, Park 4. Uh, Boydies, yeah, just basically just ride, breaking the race bike in, you know, just doing everything that you normally do before the championship starts. And um, yeah, just other than that, you know, since Coolum, just took some time off. I um, started working on my body a lot more and getting Yeah, I think you earned, uh, earned some time off after that <laughs> yeah. season, that's yeah, for it sure. Was a long, it was a long one. But, um, yeah, man, just took a bit of time off, kind of get some things right, and, um, yeah, just getting ready for Supercross. Um, Don, I'll just put a note on you, actually, on the first episode we did of this show yeah, um, right. at the start of the year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that motocross season for you, man, wow. it was. Yeah. We spoke a bunch over the – yeah. The series, but I'm um, glad yeah. that's behind you. Yeah. Uh, how is the body? It's good, really good right now. I mean, I feel. How's your pinky? Is it still yeah, Austin Powers? No, or it's it? still Austin Power. That's that's. Jeez, <laughs> that life, thing is. <laughs> 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 no, I mean it's yeah. Listeners can't see it, but my my uh, pinky finger is pretty messed up from from breaking it at uh, was that one thing at the round two. Yeah, so that was that was Gibbsy's rear wheel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just a first turn pile up and just ran straight into his wheel and snap and then i raced broadford with it broken and then destroyed it i still can't um, believe you did yeah. that like i can't i don't know like thinking back now i'm yeah. like what was i doing but in <laughs> the heat of the moment you just think about points and it's kind of what your eve was touching on before is just like you know when you're a racer and you want it bad you do anything you can and you sacrifice a finger <laughs> <laughs> it's only a pinky it right really i mean makes sense but hey that's what you do and um, i don't regret it now at the time it was painful as heck but you know i got through it and it's just what you do sometimes, but yeah, that's right. We, I was on the first show that you guys had and it was cool. So um, I'm stoked to see you guys building and lifting the profile, getting good sponsors like AMX. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's been a bit of a, a slog this year and, um, yeah. you know, we've been building it as the MX Nationals went on and uh, yeah. it's tough, man. There's a lot of competition in this space now with the digital side of things, but um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's growing slowly. So I always thank the listeners and, and, you know, guys like yourself are giving us a chance to, to get yeah. you on the show. But um, enough of all that, Mehdi. So, look, um, the body's better. Yeah. Um, body's good. I've been working hard, actually. Um, I've actually had... I was going to say, like, during you look, the, you During look this fit. time off, I had um, a rider from Argentina, Gino Giordano. Um, so, yeah, I met him in the States a couple of years ago. So, he came down. I did a lot of coaching. So, you would know all about yeah. that. You know, so I just... Did he... Took a bit of time did off. Did he race junior Aussie? Yeah, he, he was yeah. there last week. Yeah. Um, How'd he go? Last weekend. Oh, he had a rough week. He struggled big time with, I think, the pressure. Yeah. Um, coming all this way and doing stuff. And, like, you know, he'd never complained in six weeks of training with me. Like, uh, no arm pump or anything. And, you know, first motor, like, Blown one out. lap in. Yeah. Like, arm pump, can't pull the front brake. So, there's a lot of pressure, you know, when you travel and do stuff like that and. Um, so he, he struggled a lot and, and the depth here, you know, just to touch on the junior nationals actually. Um, yeah, it was in, cool to in, see you out in there. In my backyard really, yeah. you know, I was an hour and a half away down at Gilman. So, um, awesome. You know, I hadn't been to a junior national since 99 when I was 15. Wow. So it's been a while. Um, but yeah, the depth and uh, the talent was awesome to watch. I mean, I had a, had a blast just watching some of the young riders and watching the kids race and 
obviously I had a few things I needed to do there. Um, but yeah, it was really cool, you know, and just to see the sport, it's, it's definitely lifting its profile, get more professional and, you know, the depth, the talent was really good. There's got some good young riders coming through and to touch on it a little bit as well, like, you know, sending, you know, we've got three or four GP riders from Australia next year. Um, you know, obviously, you know, some guys trying to go to the States, which is awesome. So, um, I think the next wave of juniors coming through are going to be really competitive too. Yeah, I think it's uh, and you you know you're obviously getting involved in 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 that next generation a little bit with the coaching yeah. and I've always said people say the sport is shrinking and I agree numbers are dropping off. I think it's getting more expensive and disposable yeah. income is getting harder to come by for families. Sure, sure. But then I feel like the, the the families that are in they're all in all in yeah. you know and yeah, I you know see the same thing. i coach <clears throat> way less riders than i used to as far as volume but then yeah. the riders i do train i train them every week on a program as opposed yeah. to yeah. where we used to do schools all the time yeah. it would be the same for your brother i'm assuming yeah. like he yeah. would have done a lot yeah. more events back in the day but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see where it's yeah. going i, I guess think the commitment level you know it's like it's the sport is expensive we all know that you know but it's um it's still the cheapest form of motorsports if you want to get in, involved in something. I think people forget that it's still yeah, yeah. it's I mean, it's the most accessible, right? It's most accessible, and I think for motorsports, it still is one of the cheapest. You know, like nothing else is. Well, I mean, maybe go karting, but even that's still expensive as heck. You know, but um, look, like it's. I agree with you. I think the people that are in it right now are committed. You know, and and it is is good families that really want to get involved and give everyone you know give their their children the best opportunity they can. Um, so obviously I've touched on this before, like when you go home now in, in SA, you're, uh, not exactly in the hotbed of, of motocross in Australia. Um, do you got a supercross track there to ride? Yeah. Yep. Basically, you know, Reva always jokes cause I'm out in the back blocks, but I like it like that. You know, I'm out of the limelight. I mean, it's just where I grew up and you know, I mean, the touch on stuff that he was talking about, I mean, that's. It's so accessible with so much information. Now with yourself, there's so many coaches who give great information. Back in my day, we didn't have none of that. And before that, you know, there was none of that, you know. So now there's so much social media. You can learn so much of how to train and this and that. There's no excuses for anybody to not be doing everything that needs to be done. But, you know, I grew, yeah, where I am now, back in hometown of Manham, that's where I grew up. And so we got a supercross track there. My dad's property has got 30 acres. So yeah, just straight out of the bike shed, straight on the track, and that's awesome. It keeping works it, out. Uh, keeping it old school. Keep it old school, and it's but it works out good for me. You know, I got two kids, Nash and Maverick, and Sheena at home, so it's it, it's convenient. I've got three or four outdoor tracks all within ten to fifteen minutes. So riding and training there is I, I haven't been to a better place in Australia yet. Um, yeah. for convenience and yet for, for good tracks and, and everything I, think I need. where you're at in your life with the family, I mean, i got a young young boy now, you know, and uh, man, life changes quick when you yeah. have the family and um, you don't got the luxury of being able to go on the road or drive hours to, to yeah. find places to ride when when your boys are probably, yeah. and fittingly so, you want to take you want them to take up your time, right? Family comes first. Yeah. So yeah. that's cool that you can stay home, do your work and, yeah. and keep it low key but uh, still be competitive. Yeah, that's it, and um, that's a good point because the last two months, I've really like you know for the, since they've been born. I mean, that's I love my kids and family, and so I've really it's hard to juggle as a professional racer. It's hard to juggle, you know, like the family life and then being a professional racer dedicated a hundred percent is it gets challenging. 
But these last two months, I've and for this Supercross Championship, it's it's all in. I mean, I'm professional racer first right now. It's I'm first and I'm foremost. Bad. I'm hungry. yeah. <laughs> so let let's get into that. Yeah. Um, obviously, like I said, the body's better. You had that time to regroup, and yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but um, you know, you said like you you want it yeah. bad. You want to go for that win. Yeah, I do. You know, and it's Gilman last year was a big win for me. Um. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're try to keep that money uh, keep that money in <laughs> Australia sure, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean last year though to get the round win at home that did a lot for me and you know the, my goal is flat out I say is to win in a championship you know like I had a great career in America loved every bit of it and you know role reversal I was welcomed in America you know I took one of their rides you know and they were I never got any flack from American people over there. You know what I mean? I, I lived there for 13, 14 years, had factory rides for 10 of it, you know? Mm. So, and then the rest of it, I went to Canada, which was another awesome opportunity. So it's just, you know, what, at the end of the day, the best riders will always have something. And then the, the other guys need to prove themselves. And when you do and you want it bad enough, you, you'll get it. Um, but right now it's, for me, focus on the Supercross. I want to really want to win. The goal for me coming back here was to win a championship, and you know I'm not getting any younger, that's for sure. So I need to make some things happen. <laughs> um, but I feel good. I feel confident um, coming into this championship. And you know, last year went well. There's some really, really good competition. It's a, it's a funny championship because the first three rounds are kind of, you know, it's a five round championship, but the first three are a bit different to the last two. You know, there's yeah, more there's additions the, to the last two, bigger tracks, different tracks. Yeah, I get what so, you're saying there, and there's a lot more yeah. with the international riders coming in yeah. at the Oz yeah. and the... You know, they've brand, kind of branded that as, like, the uh, Australasian Championship, so it's... It'll be... For the guys coming down, it's like, well, they want to try and win those two rounds, and so it yeah. does... They don't care about your domestic series that you guys care are about coming the domestic after. Series, no. We all want to win. Again, the best of the best. You want to win, you've got to beat the best. So it doesn't really matter, but <clears throat> the championship does have two kind of plot parts to it. But, you know, I just want to, I want to win, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Brett Metcalf, um, a, a welcome addition to the show. Not expected. <laughs> but, uh, Surprise, dropping in. Yeah, we're going to, on the wall. We're going to say Metcalf, uh, <laughs> Medi's brought to you by Recoverate, uh, the, the new supplement yeah. on the market. Uh, Medi, you've, you've tried that for a, a little bit. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, since, actually, basically since at the start of the year, I, fractured four vertebrae in my back so mm. I broke the transverse process off of the L1, 2, 3 and 4 <clears throat> and then um, that's basically when I started using Recoverate yeah yeah. and then it's been the whole year I think it's awesome for recovery I get the biggest um, benefit from recovery you know a lot of guys have other stuff but for me it's just a bit of recovery yeah at, at your old age and yeah, yeah. yeah I feel it man <laughs> <laughs> well uh, guys check it out recoverate.com um, use the code try it uh, to get you $10 off at checkout for your first purchase and um, Medi thanks a lot for coming on the show mate always a great interview and um, thanks for having me we, yeah thanks for Yuri for bringing you in <laughs> yeah thanks Yuri for letting me take up five minutes of your segment oh yeah I mean <clears throat> you know, you're able to do that <laughs> Where are you putting him up tonight, Yuri? There's no Ritz in Frankston. Where's he staying? At a different hotel. A different hotel, yeah. <laughs> it's called the Honda Hotel. That's all good. No, I remember last year I was... I was having we were I was having dinner with my fiance yeah, in, in Frankston like and we just times, right? yeah <laughs> just in the neighborhood you were in the hotel in Frankston yeah. but um, yeah. 
yeah, you really put you up in the glamorous spots. Yeah, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, hey, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Cheers, and good, you. good to see you guys. Thanks yep. for coming in. Make sure everyone comes out, support Supercross. That's it. See ya, Gilman. See ya. <laughs> Cheers, mate. See you, mate. See you, buddy. All right, guys. Well, that is, uh, I guess, what's that? That'll be like two thirds of the, the the Penrite Factory Honda Squad right there. Mate, that was unreal. Yeah. Yeah, it was un- really in depth. Like, man, it, it got deep, but. Uh, I mean, you know, when your Reeves coming in, it's uh, going to get deep. <laughs> you should have already known, yeah. But yeah. you know what? It was good. It was insightful, you know, like to see what his side of the story and how he feels about it. And, you know, I think that's important, you know, to get his side of the story out you know it is i mean look he cops a lot of criticism man he really does mm-hmm. and, and always I, has i didn't want to lay it on him too hard but i think i got the questions out that that people Absolutely. want to ask you know um when you hear his rebuttal you hear his answer i don't know if you can argue with it like he's got Not at, all. at the end of the day right and this is one of the biggest things with motocross there's so many stakeholders in this sport and he's got his obligations to his sponsors mm-hmm. the fans are going to back the aussie guys uh, somewhere in the middle is probably the truth yeah. of the whole thing. Um, but but hey, it's like he's you, making you it work. Know what though, like you don't hear any of the Americans really complaining that you know Dylan Ferrandez or you know <laughs> I don't like, know, man. They, they uh, don't uh, maybe, maybe they don't like the Frenchies. They yeah, do not like the Frenchies. Maybe because he whipped their butts. America pretty good this year, but you know, like Hunter nah. Lawrence and guys like that. You know, you don't see a lot of guys really complaining too much about you know foreigners taking their rides, but. We do hear about it over here. I know? don't know if you, yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's a touchy subject. But, I guess so. Uh, yeah, it's always been there. Yeah, and I'm not even going to lie. Like I've got riders that I coach, right? Like I've got um, like Josh Brewster, for example, mm-hmm. on the SP Motorsport Suzuki. I've worked with Josh for years. I took him from a junior to where he is now. He's on the cusp of being a main event guy. He made one main last year. Yeah, didn't make any mains the year before in SX2. If the Americans weren't here, he'd be a main event guy every weekend. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The, the, so for and that's just me bias going, well, well, he could make the mains and then that's my guy and then it's better, but... Yeah, but are you going to get the numbers? They're going to be watching the Supercross? Oh, I, hey, and this is, I'm just saying, this is one little yeah. perspective in the grand scheme of things. But I agree. Interesting to hear your Reeves deal and... This um, is great. Man, it's, I've met Kyle, I'm like a super fan. He's a, so he's a man. He's a bad dude. I was talking to him while you guys had yeah. about a 45-minute conversation. And yeah. He is such a good dude. Yeah, I'm on like with Medi and like, I'm like Medi and Townley are like my fanboy moments. You know what? Yeah. Though? Honestly, like Medi, Brayton, like they're all like so grounded, cool, like chill people. Mm. You know, like that whole Honda squad are like, they're so, yeah, like, they're, they're really cool. Brayton, you, know? you literally wouldn't know dude, he was a, you know, a four-time national champ or sorry, I'm just putting a jacket on, it's getting cold in here, but um, same as Medi. I mean, out of anyone in Australia that has the right to have an ego, not has the right, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. could have an ego. For sure. He doesn't. You know, it's ridiculous. Like yeah. I seen him at the junior Aussies. I actually forgot he was there. I rocked up and I'm like, Oh man, what's up? And you just shake his hand and, and he's cool. He's you so want- chill. Just hanging out with the, the kids he coaches. And it's like, you know, that guy's had so much success internationally. He could be a rock star. You know what? I think that is just like a key thing. Like that. You, I think it's really important to have as like a professional athlete, you know, mm-hmm. like I think, people with attitudes it only gets you so far you know like these guys that have been in the industry like brayton he's been a professional for how long you know long time and he's one of the nicest guys in the pits you know you look at metcalf one of the nicest guys in the pits i think that's where you went wrong you know you won a couple amateur championships in the states and then it was like a bad rock star movie you know know, yeah just on the gram flexing flexing 
It's where you went wrong, AD. Posted that number one play like 60 times. <laughs> that, that was probably me managing uh, your socials. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, look, guys, I, I'll put my hand up. I definitely messed up. Forgot about daylight savings. Um, so, Dan Reardon, I was debating how we're going to do this, but he's going to be on in 20 minutes. So, I was either going to cut it and edit it, but I reckon we just run it through. You know what? We've got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. So, Reardon's going to be on in a minute, guys. So, look, this first show is going to be long. Um, if you don't like long podcasts, you could probably pause it right now and listen to the Reardon interview on your drive to work tomorrow morning or whatever it looks like. So, uh, sorry about that, but Hey, we're bringing you guys some free entertainment courtesy of AMX and recovery. So we're just going to keep it rolling here. So AD let's talk about, we've got to finish talking about four fifties. Um, Josh Hill. I forgot about that. That's a big deal. And man, have you seen him on the Instagram? Bro, he rips on the He's vids. ripping. Uh-huh. He's got the mullet. I think he's lost a couple hundred kilos. Like he yeah, doesn't have, dude. like, he doesn't have, uh, I want to get him on the pod at some point. Dude, he has to get on the pod. Yeah. He's a cool guy. I've hung out with Josh a little bit when he came over here yeah. for the DPH Zuki guys back in the day. Now, is he coming for the three rounds or is he? Well, it's weird because he's not doing, he's here for the Oceana rounds, but he's also doing Sydney. Right. Well, I'm sure he'll be doing the you main event too, like, but yeah, okay. speed and style will be interesting. Recover rate, speed and style with that. It must be kind of frustrating if you've done, done the whole season, right? You start from Brisbane and you want to go all the way to the end. You have these guys that are coming over doing three rounds. And it, like, if you're in the championship, it must be pretty frustrating because some of these guys, you know, they're only doing three rounds. They're not, they're not looking to win championships and stuff like well, that. Well, that's what Matty just said. He's like the last two take on such a different dynamic yeah. with the bigger stadiums, the bigger tracks and the AMA riders. Yeah. Um, but hey, at the end of the day, the champion's still a champion. And, uh-huh. and at, at Marvel Stadium, yeah. that champion's going to get crowned. 100%. And his bonus check's still going to cash. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, that's the, the interesting dynamic. It's you a know? catch, you know, like... Yeah, it is. And... Yeah, and I mean, that's true. Do you want to... No, I agree. Yeah. Do you want the best guys here to elevate your Supercross game or... It's good really in any aspect. I get it. Like, it's it's good for the fans. It's good for the racing. You know, it keeps things going faster. It keeps people progressing, you know. Um, it would be cool, I think, if they could be for the, you know, the whole, you know, the whole series, but obviously... Uh, it's not sustainable yet. No. I think it's going to be interesting to see where Supercross in Australia goes in the next five years. I I, I don't know. I have I hazard a feeling that we might see some international expansion with the um, yeah New Zealand, but what I mean like Asia, I think is where they'll probably be looking. I'm assuming for that Australasian Oceania. That'd be cool. I mean, how cool would it be? I, I, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but like you'd have the AMA World, like FIM Supercross, Supercross, and then you would have basically like an Australasian Oceania. Well, you got the numbers Asia, Asia. Pacific, whatever you want to call you it. Get, you know. One percent. It's, it's doable. It would take a long time, but it is Absolutely. doable. Yeah. So interesting to see where the AME guys are going to take it. But um, so Supercross, all right, four fifties, uh, SX one. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna say, who's your pick first of all for Brisbane? Top three Brisbane, go. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Uh, you know, it's tough because of two races, but you know, I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> just go with it. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Anytime you're ready. Out for lunch. Luke Cloud, number one. <laughs> Cloudy gets Brisbane? I think he's got some good starts. He's been training pretty hard. Okay. You know what? I'm going to just go for lunch. I'm going to go Cloudy because I like him. Uh, number one, I want to go Brayton second, Metcalf third. Okay. I'm going to go... Hmm. 
dude, it's tough because it's, it's it comes down to starts, man. That's all it comes down to. Brayton, Clout, Metcalf. Oh, you're boring. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I think. I think Reardon gets like a fourth or a fifth, but he podiums a moto. Yeah. I but agree. doesn't get on the podium overall for round one. He'll be there though. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, and then there's no point talking about the later rounds yet. That's round one. That's round one. Yeah. Uh, I guess Todd Waters is. That's my bad. I didn't see him on the entry list, but. Um, I hope he goes good, man. I hope he does. He, he I'm saying, dude, he results. could get a start and you don't know what that guy's capable of. Yeah. Well, you do know what that guy's capable of. He just won the MX national title. He's um, a bad dude. A real man. Um, oh, hey, Caleb Ward. He's also doing Supercross. Forgot to mention Wardy. Yeah. Not that he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be competitive, but it's a fir- look, I keep, I keep beating the Caleb Ward bandwagon because... It's a good ride, dude. He's rips. He is no such slap. a good rider, but I don't know how much longer he's got before that I nearly won an MX2 title mm. is going to wear off. Like, I hate to say it, but hopefully, Wardy, I just want to see him get through Supercross and get some support. If he can get, you know what, if for, he can go through Supercross safe and he gets, like, a good season before motocross, I think he can he can do good. Yeah, like, he needs to get a good support deal for motocross coming healthy. Mm-hmm. So it'd be good to see Wardy at the Supercross track anyway. Um... Right, 250s, SX2. Let's get into the the team. Man, this class is crazy. Ooh, it's tough. There, I mean, we've got no MXD or SXD. There's mm-hmm. no under 19s. It's no straight one. pro classes in Supercross. Mm-hmm. So you've got basically like the best MXN, MX2 guys and the best MXN, S, uh, MXD guys yeah. trying to make a 20 rider gate. It's going to be tough, man. It's gnarly. Yeah. So what's that? 10 rider final, 10 rider final yeah. and then a, a B main. Um, right, so Penrite Honda, obviously, uh, Mitchell Oldenburg and Chris Bloss. Tough. CR, uh, Penrite Pirelli, CRF Honda, uh, Kyle Webster and Reese Bard. Yeah. Circo Yamaha, um, Jacob Hayes, Aaron Tanney and well, Nathan Crawford, we I think. Know. I, I don't know why I say that, but he's just been really quiet on Instagram. I haven't Has, seen much. I haven't seen anything either. And like... Yeah, the photo shoot, Circo. This is purely speculation, but... Uh, he wasn't there. We don't think he was at the so, same photo shoot, maybe. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get blown up on the DMs with people saying I'm wrong and that, but uh, not sure what's going on with NATO at the moment, but hopefully he's on the... Again, might just be us speculating. Might be completely wrong. Out maybe, to yeah, lunch. Might, out to lunch. It can happen. Um, yeah. Empire Kawasaki, Bradley Taft. Mm-hmm. Um, Taft was here last year for your Eve, right? Sure was. How many rounds did he do? Uh, two, I want to say. Did he get hurt or was it just the hurt. last two? He got hurt. He got hurt. Because he got replaced. That's right. Blows came out. For and then he, Blows came out and then uh, McAdoo came out. That's right. We were at the track that day. McAdoo and he rode. Was, he was it, killing it. Very fast. Damn. Yeah. He's on PC now. Yeah. Well, I can, I can see why. Good he, for him. I was out of that track yesterday. Yeah. It's changed a bit. Really? Yeah. Big rhythms now. Really? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Ugh>. Heard that. <laughs> um, so, did you see that video I put up with Josh? I did see that. It was yeah. badass. Yeah, it was, it's cool. He's sending it. It's hey, good yeah, to see. It is. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the. I don't want to name the track just in case he gets blown up. But uh, all right, yeah, that's the track local to here. Um, right. So Brad Taft, Empire Cowie. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be interesting. Taft's fast. Had a weird deal in the states. Didn't he do the first couple of nationals on a privateer? Dude, I, thought so, or? I think so, but I think he might have got injured or something. Went, I don't know, man. But it's expensive to do it outdoors over there. Like, if you're going to do a whole series, like, it's a lot of... It's a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, Yamalub Yamaha, defending champ. Probably mm-hmm. haven't talked about him enough. You know what? He... 
I feel like every time we every time we talk about him, it's like he he's underrated for some reason, he's, and he shouldn't be because he he's a be. bad dude. He's a bad dude. Jay Wilson, defending champ, broke his freaking wrist in the last round yeah. and still won the title. He is a thug, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's he's straight thugging. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, beard game strong. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about the beards. It gets a bit weird when I do that. So, all right. So, um, oh, <laughs> Miss is just messaging us during the show. <laughs> um, Jay Wilson, Raceline, um, Thor KDM, Kyle Webster is. Well. is um, I already said Webster. I'm sorry. That's cool. Uh, Raceline Thor KDM is Osby and Regan Duffy. So mm. Osby's back from the States. Now, you know Osby, right? You spent yeah. some time with him at club? Yeah, yeah. I spent yeah. some time with him at club. He's a hard worker, as you know, as... Uh, Uri was saying. Uri was saying, you know, he he's a hard worker and uh, trains hard. So, it's, you know, I hope he does good because he's a sick dude as well. Yeah, I've never met him personally, but... Um yeah, we. I think I'm gonna be doing. I'm doing some media coverage with the uh, with the Raceline team mm-hmm. for Supercross this yep. year. I'm gonna do some press and some some content coverage for them. Um, well, I mean, you know, so I'll get to know him. I guess is what I'm getting. That's at. like a d- development year as well for Duffy. I mean, it's his first year in in Supercross, right? Yeah, Duffy. I mean, what a year! Jeez. Great year. I mean, dude, for him, dude. I was at Junior Aussies last week, and and a year ago I was at uh, Tasmania, mm-hmm. and and he won juniors. Uh, on the 250 class, and and a year later, he's killing it at MX Nations, and it's like that's one year. Yeah, it's one year, twelve months. Like he went from being an amateur junior to the biggest stage in the world. But you know, he's training with guys like you know, I think it was like Kirk, Kirk Gibbs and, and and some really fast guys. And I think you know, you keep I I actually think O'Duffy this year. I think he was in WA most of the year. I don't really? know if he was over here that much. See, I thought he was. Over here training with like... Uh, well, he used to... I think he did a lot with Ross over the last mm. few years, but I don't know. I just, Every time I seen him on Instagram this year, it seemed like he was in WA. Yeah, right. I, I don't want to speak on what he was doing with being over here, but Man, and it, either way... Whatever like, it was. It's been working for him. 100%. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But what he did at management was crazy, you know? Um, I agree. Winning winning that class uh, on the 450 at 17. And a lot of guys, <laughs> like I listen to Pulp, I listen to... Um, to the MX Vice podcast and and a lot of guys in Europe and, and America were talking about him, what he did. They should be. And that's how you get rides. Yeah. So I wouldn't be, I'd love to see Duffy over here in MX2 next year at the MX Nationals. And from what, what he said with interviews I've done with him, that's the plan. Mm. Um, so obviously getting back on track with Supercross. Yeah. He's going to want to have a learning year where he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Um, if he can keep safe, that's the, I guess, you know. But dude, he's so precise. Like he doesn't over have the bike. He's mm. not gnarly, um, erratic. I think he could suit Supercross really well. Mm. He's, he's big and heavy, but he gets pretty good starts. I don't know. We'll have to see, man. We'll see. That's where it's Brisbane. at. Um, yeah. ZPH Motorsports, Husqvarna, uh, the defending, or well, sorry, the MX Nationals champ, two-time yeah. champ, Wilson Todd. No slouch on Supercross. And man, he can ride Supercross. Fast. He can ride Supercross fast. So where did he get last year in the championship? Was he second? He got fourth. <laughs> okay, not second. He's got number two on the bike though. Um, yeah, it's right there. But um, yeah, man, I'll tell you what, he can ride, he can hammer a set of whoops. Yeah. Like freaking hammer whoops. That's what I mean. Like, it's going to be tough on, you know, SX2 that at Brisbane starts he's good at he gets good and that's what I'm saying would you be surprised to see Wilson Todd whole shot and win a main like I wouldn't no um, Bailey Malkowitz he's in at DPH as well mm-hmm. um, which will be Malkowitz had an okay outdoor season um, mm. interesting to see where he goes with Supercross 
he he's young, you know. I think it's what is his first year, kind of. No, he did Supercross last year. Did he? He made some mains. Okay. I think he made every main he did, yeah. but I, I don't think he got a top ten. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think that maybe this round, the first round, it's gonna be tough. Second round, third round, I think we're gonna really see him kind of coming into play. Yeah, start riding, you know, the way he knows how to. Again, staying healthy, it's all it's all a part of it. Um, starts are really gonna play a huge part. Which he can he can get starts. So I mean. it's anyone's game, really, isn't it? Um, SB Motorsports, we got uh, Josh Brewster in SX2. Mm-hmm. Um, any provinces I've kind of missed out? Do I know? Jay Carr, the local boy. Ravenhorst. Oh, yeah, Ravo. Ravo. Ravo did um, boy. the first six rounds at, at AMA. How did I forget Ravo? Far out. So, Brody, I mean, Tom Ravenhorst, uh, sorry. Dylan Wills. Willsey? Uh-huh. Jeez. Oh, Willsey and Morgan Fogarty for the David Motorsports team. Where's my notes at, producer? Also. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. So, David Motorsport KTM is Dylan Wills. Now, that guy can ride soupy. Yeah. Um, Caleb Barham. Uh, Barham can ride Zuby, but Motorsport, Davey Motorsport, we've got uh, Morgan Fogarty. Mm-hmm. He can ride Supercross really well yeah. also. Agreed. Um, and then privateers, yeah, we've got uh, Caleb Barham. Um, Ricky Latimer. Latimer. Hugh McKay. Posniak. Is he doing Supercross? Man, you know yeah. what? I'll, I'll say it straight up. I'm a little bit bummed that Jai Roberts isn't riding Supercross. And, I mean, he can't help that, but, man, he ripped last year. He did. He, he, he is. Won a, he won at uh, AusX Open. He's so good at Supercross. He's so good, man. So but good. You know what? Not even at Supercross. He's good just in general. He's a rad kid, number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, such a good motocross rider. But man, watching him on a Supercross track, yeah, fast. fast. Yeah. You know, I remember I it's Toowoomba a few years ago when that was the craziest track. Mm-hmm. Um, and the juniors were out first. Yeah. And there was a big rhythm lane, and he was doing the big rhythm lane. That yeah. a lot of the 450 guys weren't doing in the first practice. He was doing it in the junior practice on yeah. a 250. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did my ACL and my MCL. We don't want to talk yeah. about that though. Don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it out of practice. Uh, but we'll just we'll just move on from that. You know, though, I hope that uh, he's doing good in his recovery. I see he's back. He's riding. back on so the bike. Uh, yeah. So, see, you know, I hope 100%. to see. He'll definitely be back next year by the look of it. I hope so. Hopefully, it's not. I don't think it's the end for Jai Roberts. I think. No. We see him come back swinging. We'll so have to wait and see, though, you know. Let's look at last year's results. So, Jay Wilson won the title from Hayden Melros. Mm-hmm. Jacob Hayes was third. Wilson tied fourth. Yeah, but Melros isn't riding. No. His knee exploded at uh, yeah. where, last, second or last round of Nationals. Maury. So, third, Jacob Hayes, fourth. Wilson, Wilson tied Jackson Richardson. Richardson. Sixth, uh, Josh Osby. Seventh, Tanty. Eighth, Alex. And so on. Dylan Wills, Brad Taft, Kyle Webster, mm-hmm. um, Durant Tableton, 26 for <laughs> Banger. Um, all right, so Mel Ross is out. He's not doing it. Um, Hayes, so basically Wilson, and then your next guy is Hayes. Um, Jacob Hayes, he had a pretty good Supercross season, if I remember, yeah, in America. Good. I think his best finished was a um, Jacob Hayes. I think like a fifth. And he did all of outdoors too, didn't he? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he had the best results, but I think he's more of a Supercross guy. But um, So, Wilson, man, he's on that same program. Him and Dan Reardon have that Supercross track. Or yeah. great English, him and Dan. Dan Reardon and, uh, and Jay. Yeah. <laughs> they have that Supercross track in yeah. Queensland. Yeah. Uh, Pro Tracks went up and, and built it up. Mm-hmm. And 
they've been putting in the work by the look of it. Yeah, uh, it does look like. I mean, I've only been seen off Instagram, but he does look like he's been, you know, ripping. Both yeah, of them, really. Yeah, Jay, uh, he's been putting in the work, and he keeps it pretty low key with the socials. But mm. um, I expect to see. I don't think he's going to come out swinging. That's not Jay's style. I mean, for, as I said, first round starts. Isn't but that's it? how he did it last year, didn't he? Win round one last year. Oh, it's on my notes. Jay Wilson won round one. Brad Taft second. Wait, where do my notes go from here? What is this? A freaking. <laughs> it's all good. But I think, yeah, that's what we spoke about. So Jay won round one last year, and then he was in the championship lead. And with a five-round series, it's a pretty short deal. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good round one, it really does put you in the driver's seat, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I don't expect Jay win at Brisbane. I don't expect to see Jay win at Brisbane. However, I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. So, no, I agree. Um, Jacob Hayes, did he come from Arena Cross in the States? Yeah, he is. A, okay, he, so. He, he won titles in the States. He did. Wasn't he on that? Cowie team? Cowie team. The yeah, Babbitts. Same as, yeah, Babbitts, Kawasaki. Same as Gavin Faith. Gavin Faith, yeah. Yeah. One, it, yeah, it was he and Gavin that were battling for titles at one point. Yeah, it was. All right, so you'd expect Hayes to be very at home at the Brisbane. Hayes and Blos. Yeah. I mean, oh, they're, they're, them right? guys are going to be going they're at, at it. it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Blos is a, he's a bit of a bulldog too, isn't he? They're not scared. No. Nah. And I'm, I went and rode um, Hayes' track when I was over in. Uh, That's right. He's got that sick, like, sick. three lane. Unreal. multi supi track right like different rhythms in the same lap unreal like, yeah yeah like his super track is gnarly where is that was that north carolina south carolina south carolina yeah. i want to say and even he said then he's like i mean quote he was like i'm not really scared of anyone there and uh i don't think he is to be honest yeah. i don't think that if if someone gives him a bit of beef he's not going to be scared to give it back yeah, I hear he. Uh, I hear he ain't scared to throw down. So mm-hmm. not at all. That's going to be interesting. I um, love it. That's my favorite type of stuff. We didn't really touch on it, but Jackson Richardson going four fifty. How do you see that going? You know what? I hope for his sake it goes good. You mm-hmm. know, um, I mean, he's been pretty vocal that he's been left without a ride after what year did he win Supercross? In he won two titles in sixteen seventeen. Yeah. yeah, and then he went eighteen and. It wasn't a bad year. It wasn't. Oh, I think he, he his shoulder was junk that year, right? Like he had yeah, a he Rico had before or after, but yeah, he's been pretty vocal about not getting a ride and where the industry's at. And I think he's just been going to work, right? Like from what I heard, he was just been working uh, as a carpenter or something. But he's working with his dad, I think. Put together a program to come back to Supercross and SX One, and I mean, he's got so much talent, and he's a character. He's marketable. Yeah. Um. It looks Hopefully like he's got that rock star deal. You know, he's it yeah. looks like he's making some money. I mean, he, at least a, at least covering his racing. You'd hope, yeah, right? Like, that's all you need. Yeah, and he, I think he loves racing. You know, and that's like got to be a big part of it. I guess. I guess seeing him happy on the right program, you might see him surprise some people. I agree. You know, mm-hmm. so Jackson Richardson, let's watch the space for the four fifty class. Um, so Osby, he's back with the race line guys again, which is good to see because I think that really like that ride fits him. You know, yeah. I mean, you probably don't remember you got to ride with him last year before you put your brain out of your lungs when you crashed yeah. testing for the race line, guys. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so we got to get ridden on the phone here in a couple of minutes. So before we do that, let's um, let's call it round one. Ad, who are you pick in for SX two? Dude, all right. So I mean, all right. First of all, there's going to be some big guys not even making. Forget the B main, not f- making the main at all. No, I agree. At Brisbane. Yeah. So who do you think doesn't make the main at all? Who's your shot guy? The, of big names? Yeah, that doesn't make it. Oh, dude. I, uh, are you going to get hate for saying it, but who do you <laughs> think crashes in the first turn or something crazy happens, he gets punted off the track and doesn't make the main? The main, main or 
the, the main main. Yeah, forget like A and B. Like doesn't make any of those events. Like doesn't make it out. Yeah. All right. All right. Because there's going to be some big guys in SX2 not making it. I'm going to go with. Um, would Would you say Tanty would be a big name? No. Yeah, but yeah. he's going to qualify though. All right. Let's not make the main though. Not make the main. Big guy. All right. I'm going to say. I would have said like Willsy Tanty. Not make the main. And if we're going to go another one, <sighs> Tuft. Wow, Tuft. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, you've got Blos. You've mm. got... So I'm saying, what, like Blos just destroying someone's front wheel in a turn, like arena cross style, and that being the... I mean, you're pretty mean, though. I can't believe you'd say that guys wouldn't make the main. <laughs> I'm not touching that question. I just wanted to give it to you, but... <laughs> That's right. Um, I can be the bad guy. All right, no. Nah, look, and... Those are just randoms you thrown out there, but 100%. any one of those big name guys, you get a bad start, you get you get blocked past the wrong no, way in Brisbane. Ten ten gates, man. Ten gates to make the A main where you're gonna get the points, but I would not be surprised if you see at least a factory level guy like Jay Wilson nearly didn't qualify at Oz X Open, do you remember? Dude, Dakota Alex didn't qualify Oz X Open. You didn't qualify no, no, no. either. Uh, that's <laughs> That's not so much. <laughs> but, dude, he didn't make it to the main. I'm just messing with you. But, no, he didn't. And and that's so, that's what I'm saying. There's going to be some goes. big guys. So, um, all right. Who's your who's your picks for the SX2 podium at Brisbane? All right. I'm going to go with – I want to stay Australian, so I'm going to say <laughs> Wilson Todd with the, with the dub. Wilson that, Todd. That'd be sick. All right. I'm going to go Blos. I'm going to go Blos, Todd, and, um, and, and either Osby or Taft. All right, I'm going to go with Todd, Alter, Todd, yeah, Oldenburg, Blows. Really, done. Really, dude. All right. I mean, I know we got to be different and whatever, but bro, I'm out for lunch on everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see on Monday next week. I got to support the homies, you know. Yeah. You know, I think Wilson's a sick dude, and I think that Clouds a sick. All right, dude. where does Jay get it round one? Fourth. Fourth. I reckon fifth. All right. All right. All right my, my top five is is uh, Blos, um, Todd, Taft, Osby, Wilson. Stamp it. Oh, I forgot about Hayes. Is Hayes going to be my um, Mel Ross for the Supercross season with just forgetting him every single time? Dude, he's, he's gnarly. All right, so... <laughs> Dude, it, it's cool down, Ridden, because seriously, I forgot Mel Ross every... Um, literally... Maros isn't even racing. I know what I'm saying. I forgot him the entire oh, outdoor yeah. season, is it? Sorry. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's see if we can get CDO Yamaha's Dan Reardon on the phone. I've uh, been playing. We've been playing phone tag with Reardon a little bit with the, the time difference. So that's my mistake. Yeah. He's out at dinner right it's now. I think it's his, his brother's birthday. So hopefully we're not interrupting that as it's finished. All right. I think, I think we've got him on the line now. Dan Reardon, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Good, mate. Good. How are you? I'm good, mate. Hey, sorry uh, in advance about the confusion. I totally forgot about daylight savings here in Victoria, and um, that was my fault. So apologies there. No, nah, that's fine. It's funny. I was, um, when we were at the dinner, my, uh, my brother's partner, she was talking about, she works down at Sweet Heads, and she was talking about daylight saving, and, and it was as your message was coming through, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. That because uh, when when did Dallas Avon go? I think a couple of days ago. Yeah, it was like two days ago. So I'm still scarred from the fact that my baby sleep pattern is completely destroyed uh, from one hour difference. But um, yeah, it was literally yeah. Sunday morning. So nah, all good, man. All good. No worries. Cool, mate. So hey, um, thanks for taking the time out. I think it is it your brother's birthday. You were saying tonight. Yeah, yeah, Luke. It's uh, his birthday, so I'm actually just walking out of the 
out of the restaurant now. So yeah, mate, it's um, this time of year, it's like my whole family has all their birthdays within like six weeks. So yeah, it's a busy time of year. Oh, it's good. Give you something to, uh, I guess, take your mind off of the uh, the upcoming, uh, hum, I guess, pressure with the with the series start and everything. But um, yeah, let's get into it, Dan. So, hey, um, yep. obviously, new new signing. Well, not a new signing. Obviously, you've been on the team before, but um, yep. you know, back with the CDO Yamaha guys. Um, obviously, probably good to feel a, a good feeling for you to be back there with that uh, Craig Dak organization. Yeah, no, it was it was <clears throat> it was good. You know. We, Craig and I have spoken um, over the years, pretty much since I'd you know come back uh, and decided to race. That was back in 2015. You know, I rode with those guys for a couple of years, and I went Cowie for a year, and um, even the last two years, we kind of chat every year. You know, it's like silly season. You know, we were, you know, it's pretty much coming up again. Where um, the deals in for the year, um, or the year to come, and uh, we've always, yeah, always spoke. Um, about Supercross and about deals and stuff and it just hasn't happened um, I'm pretty strong in my values and what I want the way I believe um, you know if you talk you know if you call it a business the way that I want to run my business and then Craig wants to run it his way you know so over the years it just hasn't worked and just just to sit down and sort of make a bit of compromise on, on either side and um, we're able to, to make that happen for this year and like I said, it, it is a familiar place. I've been there, um, you know, multiple times. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've known Craig for a very long time. So, uh, yeah, I feel comfy there. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I mean, you won the, obviously, the 2015 championship with those guys. Um, so, you know, the, the operation, you're familiar with how they do things. And probably before we get into the specifics on this season and where you're at and, and the team. And I hate to say it, the generic stuff of, you know, how preseason's going and whatnot. Um, yep. What I would, would love to talk about, Dan, is, you know, obviously um, you have a lot of followers on social media and I I really like the way you have branded yourself as an athlete. You know, you have a strong personal brand and, mm-hmm. and dare I say it, I think you're probably the leader in Australian races that has managed to prolong your career and have ventures outside of the industry by using your personal brand that you created in motocross. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, you've been able to bring like your personal sponsors to the CDR team and, and uh, you know, you have some other ventures going on that we'll probably talk about in a minute, but um, you know, obviously that's something that you've created over time. And and like you said, you value yourself as your own business and your own enterprise probably first and foremost. So uh, talk about that a little bit because I think, it would be great to educate the listeners on how you really do that. Yeah, and like you know, I, I appreciate that because I I do try hard to make to make the program happen. It's a little bit outside the box, and you've got to understand. So the young, so the younger kids coming through, like I'm 33, I'm 34 in January. Um, they've got to understand that the business. Yeah, it's cool to tell you, mate, that you ride dirt bikes for a living, but that only lasts. For, for so long, if you're not good enough, you know, if you start and get get the results, then that dream will slowly slip out of your fingers. If you don't have a good structure, you might have a, an injury or a bad year, and before you know it, you're you're outside the sport. You know, so um, the way I look at it is that the sponsors within the sport will always be there, and uh, although it's important to have those uh, the motorcycle generic sponsors or or brand to, you know, assist you and to do your job 
properly. A lot of them, yeah, there's, there's two types of sponsors. You know, that you have a sponsor that has a really good product and you will sacrifice salary because you need or want that product. And then you have the, the sponsors that their product's really not that great, you know, so then you jack up your price in order to to get uh, to have them on board. And that's pretty much, that's a line in the sand. It's either one or the other. And um, that's probably the first, the first thing that I look at when negotiating deals. And um, then from there, I go outside the industry. I honestly believe the money is outside the industry. Uh, major money is outside the industry. Um, every year, it always, you know, you have the conversation with, uh, not with everybody, but there's a lot of, a lot of companies and teams and Australia's run different because it's all on importers, right? So when you're sponsored by, uh, let's say you're sponsored by um, a gear company, you technically only, most of the guys, 95% of the guys are technically sponsored by the importer. They're not sponsored by the, the company themselves. Um, so that's another hurdle because every year everyone's out of budget, they don't have the money, things are tight. Like I've had that conversation for the last 10 years, you know, so you really got to try and think outside the box to figure out where else can you pull that money from. And, um, you'll be very surprised at a lot of brands outside our sport that are fans of the sport, the fans of you know, certain riders and, and, uh, and personalities and so forth. And they actually can't wait to get involved in the sport, but a lot of times they don't even know how to. So, um, yeah, I just I try to reach out to those guys and say, look, there's, there's, there's players here available and, the relationships that I've built and have with the sponsors that are outside of the industry has been amazing. It really has. You know, the guys are pumped and, um, you know, it definitely puts a smile on. It, it's hard work, but it does put a smile on my, uh, on my face at the end of the day to be able to, to sink one of those deals together. Yeah, no, and like I said, it's I think it's something that I don't know why. I think maybe the fact that you were exposed to um – to the States, maybe at a younger part of your career. And also the fact that, um, I mean, you're well-spoken, you, you know, you can obviously bridge that gap between motocross and the mainstream, which I think some riders do struggle to venture outside that comfort zone or that bubble or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's impressive. And I think until more riders understand that, you know, Hey, maybe results on everything that talks, um, there, there is a a way to prolong your career and, and maybe even make it financially viable to, to continue racing uh, when those results yeah. maybe don't come in, you know, it's... Um, and people and people talk about social media these days, right? Like, when social media started, it was a distraction. Not, like, a, sorry, I didn't think it was a distraction, but a lot of people thought it was a distraction, you know? Like, oh, what's he doing? You know, he's distracted by social media now. Well, there wasn't an economy, there wasn't an economy for it back then, whereas now it's matured it, to where it is now. Exactly, right? So... But, but now people use social media it's just another avenue or another tool in order for a sponsor or a company or whatnot to gain exposure. Um, but they've got to... The, the people in our industry, the riders, because we're, when you're a good rider, you, you you do tend to live... Not everybody, but a lot of the guys tend to live in this bubble, right? You finish school, mate, more than likely you finish school early. Um, and you're not really exposed to the outside world, and then you're in this bubble, and all you want to do is ride dirt bikes. And if you don't have a good manager or good people around you, you actually don't realise how to market yourself really that well, or what things are worth. You know, it, it blows my mind just having you know open conversations with people. And I, I hold my sort of feelings pretty close to me, 
um, in terms of value and everything like that. But I do have conversations with other guys, and when when we talk about worth um, or real estate or what a spot is, particularly, you know, um, what it would cost to have somebody on there, there's a lot of guys that are selling themselves way too short. And um, and all it is is just you just don't know. You don't realize the, the worth or that, that real estate is, you know, it could be one of the best spots on you and you'll just sell yourself short. You know, they don't understand they can make, 10 times that amount if they just uh, did their homework just a little bit better. Yeah. Do, do you have a lot of riders? I don't want this whole thing to be uh, talk about how you market yourself, but it, it is a, an interesting no. point to me. Um, <laughs> do you have a lot of riders reach out to you and say, you know, how do you how do you do that, Dan? You know, how do you get your deals or not really? Yeah, no, they do. I've actually, I, the, the whole Google strap uh, thing that I've been doing is, it, it definitely rustles some feathers, um, but I actually had a couple of guys um, Actually, well, well established guys in the states contact me about that, and we were, we're having an open conversation about it because when you think about it, it the goggle strap is one of the most marketable spots on a guy. Right? Like, I mean, in terms of like, obviously, you have a, if you had a major or a um, a title sponsor, other than the shroud, maybe a big symbol on the chest, or maybe you know, like a lot of energy energy drinks will take a large portion of the entire helmet, the goggle strap is probably next in line, right? Now, when you think about it, a goggle costs about $70. You know, maybe there are some um, top-end goggles you might pay $150 for, but you don't, for Supercross, you honestly don't really need that. It's a bit of foam, a bit of plastic. The technology for goggles hasn't changed since I can remember. You know, the foam might get a little bit better or the goggle gets a little bit more comfortable, but that's about it. So what I do is I just purchase a goggle, you know, and then I sell that real estate, the strap, to somebody else. Um, it'd just be like buying a car and then wrapping it, you know, in whatever, whatever brand or color that you wanted. And um, that way it, it opens up another spot and um, financially it's a lot better for me. And it, it actually, it's another spot that you can get another sponsor that, that possibly outside the sport, involved in the sport. And I believe it's a, it's a move that I think a lot of guys should be doing because the Google company, especially in Australia, remember you're not dealing directly with a Google company, you're dealing with an importer. They're not going to pay for that spot. They don't have the budget and they're not going to pay for it. So go out there, buy your own and sell that spot to somebody else. I guarantee you'll make five to 10 times the amount that you were originally possibly going to get. Yeah, I, I saw that Boost Mobile strap you put up the other day. And um, I mean, let's be honest, Dan, you've probably seen it yourself. There's plenty of guys over the years that have had a team deal with a set of goggles that they don't like, and they'll run mm-hmm. that brand strap with another brand's goggle body. Um, yep. It's been done for a long time. Uh, you've just flipped it a little bit and uh, put a sponsor logo on there. So, um, yeah. again, thinking outside the box, it's it's something that not, not enough of the guys do, but um you know, hats off to you. We've seen that quite a bit of mainstream exposure for you lately, actually, with um, you're on Channel 10 uh, just recently on the RPM show with the, the CDR Monster Energy team. Um, how was that experience? Yeah, that's good. Um, I've, uh, I've been doing some other before. And, you know, any chance, it, it is good that the, the guys from AME or, you know, Aussie Open and, and that crew, you know, obviously it's expanding, but... They they think along those same lines. You know, obviously they do a lot with the the supercars. So I understand that the exposure on a mainstream level is super important, but it's not only important for the person or the product itself. Yeah, it's great for me. It's 
great for the team, it's great for Monster and the sponsor involved, but it's great for the sport. And um, that's that's something that I'm passionate about as well because then you know I only, only race the dirt bike for another you know for a few more years and then that will be it. But I'm still passionate about the sport and the direction that it goes. And you know, I'll I'll have kids one day, but um, until then, I still want I still want guys that are that are solid. You know, the guys that are you know 13, 14, 15. You know, have have dreams to go to Europe or America and be able to make it. You know, and it's it's important for our sport to have that exposure. Um, because the biggest thing that I've learned after managing all my own affairs is when I go to a company that doesn't know much about the sport, I don't even have to sell myself. I've got to sell the sport first. Half the people actually don't know what it is. And that's been, uh, it was a massive eye opener, um, for me. So that was, uh, since, since that, that happened back in 2015, 16, a couple of times. Um, since that point, I realised that not enough people know about this. So when we get the opportunity, then it's uh, I kind of I always tell the guys that I get a call saying, "Hey man, can you, can you jump on this? We need to do a radio thing, or you jump on this. We need to do this. We need to fight in here. We need to do that." And I always put my hand up because, it, like I said, it's important for me, but it's also really, really important for the sport. Yeah, I think, and and uh, it, you know, you're a mature figure in the sport now. I think you probably get you know back in. Not your younger days specifically, but you see a lot of the younger riders maybe having a moan about, oh, I got to do this autograph signing, or we got to go here, and you know, I think once yeah. you get a bit older and understand the business model and the implications of of, of getting exposure for this this platform yeah. we're all a part of, it, it goes a long way. And they've got to understand, like a lot of people that live, you know, let's call it the normal life, where you've been a labourer, or you don't matter, doesn't matter what job you choose, but. To, to be able to be a professional athlete, doesn't matter what sport you do, is actually a very, very unique and special position to be in. And I, I think a lot of times, and I've taken it for granted before as well, and I think a lot of people do. It wasn't until when I retired and I was just completely burnt out. I just wanted to live that normal life. And I went into that, worked in the mines for a little bit, and I was loving it. But then you kind of realize that, you know, you're working for, a, you know, you're your supervisor or or your boss, or wherever that is, and they don't care how good you used to be. They don't care how quick you mix mud or carry a brick from A to B. You know, and it was. Um, I think it was a part of my life that was really important for me to go through. So now, when I obviously I'm back and I'm, I'm doing what you know what I love again, is um, I'm able to look at it at so many different angles. Not only just as the rider, but understand you know what a team has to go through. Understand what the mechanics have to go through. Understand the steps. And, um, you know, how special it actually is. So I'm very grateful to be in this position. And I, I do think about it a lot. You know, it's, it's on my mind a lot. And uh, it will be until I, you know, I, I decide to stop again. Yeah, I think, uh, and obviously, we're not going to go into it now. You know, you, your comeback has been well documented, but I still think it's pretty heavily underrated as far as, you know, your story of stepping away and everything you had going on um, to mm-hmm. where you are now. Like, that's something not many riders have been able to achieve and uh you know hats off to you like i said for making yourself have some longevity in your career and coming back for the second phase of it but um let's yeah. let's shift gears now down and get back into talking about this season with the 2019 uh, supercross series coming up um you know i got a chance to watch the supercross life uh, episode one that they put out uh, the other day with uh, revolved heavily around you and the team um yep. Obviously, you know, like you said, you did your own program last year. It was obviously a lot of work. Any privateer program is um, mm-hmm. still third in the championship. Definitely came on strong 
uh, towards the end. And, and uh, I don't want to rehash what was in that episode that most of the listeners would have watched already, but um, you know, clearly would have this, this, this team deal has obviously allowed you to relax and focus on what you need to do to, to be prepared. I'd say. Yeah. But the, um, and like, like last year was great. I, I really did enjoy doing what I did last year. And it, um, it turned out to be a lot harder work than I anticipated, especially towards the first couple of rounds. Um, I was just underprepared, and uh, I knew it going in. And, you know, as athletes, you know, as a rider, you lie to yourself a lot. Or you, you have, you, 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 like, let's say you're injured or whatever, and you've been sitting on the sideline going, you know what, I'm, I'm fit enough. You, your body, you know you're not fit enough, or you know you haven't put enough work in, but you're sitting on the line going, no, I'm good. Like, I'm solid. You play, you, you try and play tricks on yourself, you know. But I knew that, that I wasn't as prepared as I needed to be. And I was just running things a little bit thin uh, in order to make uh, everything work, make everybody happy. And so I don't, I don't uh, dislike the, you know, the position that I was in at all. It was a massive learning curve, and I would do it again. It's just uh, I was, um, it was something that was brand new to me, and it was uh, I was going through it for the first time. So I think now yeah, you have it, the luxury of. Um you know, sorry to cut you off, but you have the luxury of keeping your own money deals and your own um, personal, you know, endorsement deals with sponsors, but then you have a team infrastructure yeah. that takes that load off, right? So, Yeah, that's, it's the best of both worlds. It really is, you know. Um, I'm, you know, having a team, a solid team like I have, is you just don't, I don't want to think, I just want to do, you know. It's like when you, if you're a trainer and, sorry, if you're, if you're training your entire life, and it could just be, let's say you just want to put on some size or whatever. You know, you can you can research enough articles, you know what your diet needs to be or the exercise you need to do. But if you had a trainer and just told you that you had to show up at this time and do this, then it's going to be so much easier on you. And, you know, this is, it's a, that's a very simple way to put it, but it, it is like that, you know. I just want to do, I want to lean on people. I want them to tell me. I want to tell them and uh, and just get it done that way. For sure, it's um, like you said, it's, it's given you the platform, I think, where you can really focus on what you need to do to be competitive. And um, look, third in the championship last year, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Well, I guess I kind of am, but um, you know, how do you, you know, how do you feel? And we were just having this conversation in studio before we got you on. You know, you haven't had a gate drop. Correct me if I'm wrong. Since Ozex Open last year, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So it's been um, about eleven months. Yeah, so how do you, how does that go? I mean, I know you're super experienced, you know, you've raced AMA Supercross, and, but the nerves are obviously still going to be there this weekend at round one. How do you combat that as far as being your first gate drop in the best part of 12 months? Like, that's a lot to overcome in, in the Supercross confines of a stadium. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think it is, as with experience, you sort of get used to that pressure and you expect the pressure as well. So I'm not, I'm not really concerned, um, you know, about being behind the gate again and, and actually racing it. I feel like it's something that it's needed. I need to add that to my program. So, like, uh, I've been been back on the bike since I did my Achilles last year. You know, that was a five, six-month injury. And I did a bit of motocross and I pretty much jumped into supercross. And, and since then, been putting in some work. And uh, over the last two weeks, I just feel like I want to, like, I just need to go racing. I, the anticipation of actually being there and doing it is, um, it just feels like it's been really slow the last couple of weeks because I don't think that if I was to prep for another four weeks, like I don't know if I'd be any faster. I don't know if I'd be any better. You know, I feel like I just need to race and figure it out from there and adjust my program um, 
based on on that, you know. So, yeah, like if the race was tomorrow, I'd I'd be ready. Next weekend, I'll be ready. If it was last weekend, I would have been ready. You know, I'm just I feel like I'm in that, that, uh, that position right now. So, what uh, what would be the goal? What are you happy to leave with, um, Brisbane with? Well, given given what Brisbane is, you know, it's indoor. It's the first round. Um, the track is going to be smaller than in Sydney. Um, I think if if we can get some solid starts in the main event, uh, end up on the box, I think that's a perfect way to, to start the series. Obviously, I'll do whatever I can to walk away with a win. Um, it's like every point is so crucial in our series because, you know, it's so short. So <clears throat> that would be the best case scenario. Uh, worst case scenario would be to end up on the box and, um, come away with some good speed and uh, just know that the program is solid. Yeah, I think we've been talking about that in studio tonight. I think, um, you know, surviving Brisbane with the, the tight track and, and what's probably going to go down with block passes and crazy, you know, you've got two gate drops with the format. Um, mm-hmm. Getting out of there with a podium is going to put you in, in solid contention regardless. Um, yep. So, hey, let's switch it up a little bit, Dan. You've been doing a lot of training this uh, preseason for Supercross with Jay Wilson. You guys got that track up there in Queensland. Um mm-hmm. Probably a good training partner for you with Jay. I know you guys have, um, you go way back. You've been working together for a few years with different things. And uh, how's that been having someone to ride with that, uh, I'd say he's young, you know, younger rider, but he's pretty mature for his age, Jay. But uh, how's it been hanging out with him every day and riding? Yeah, no, Jay's good. He's awesome. He's super motivated. Um, yeah, I don't have to worry about, <clears throat> we don't really just go over the track and not very often we just ride. We generally just have a, we have a program and we stick to it. Um, a lot of people kind of forget. Like when I when I wasn't racing, you know, in that sort of that period of of uh, three years, I had a gym. I used to train Jay. Yeah, know? well, he so was. I, I remember I, him being one of your one of your athletes you used to work with. So obviously, you got quite yeah. a, a good relationship with him. Obviously, yeah. So I know Jay really well. I know what makes him tick, what doesn't make him tick. You know, and uh, if he's fast some days, then I have to sort of like rattle his brain a little bit. You know, um, but every day Jay turns up. You know, ready to do some work and like we can um, you know it doesn't matter how good you are or, or whatnot there's days you show up at the track you're just not motivated you, just, you won't be as motivated as you were one day and then you, sort of, you rely on somebody else you know so if Jay doesn't allow me to slack then I've sort of got to find that motivation somewhere. so you know what I mean like it, it's just like a, it's a total war sometimes where Jay will be really solid on his game and I'm just like oh, I'm just not feeling it but it's not like you just pack up and go home. You, you figure it out. and um, It keeps you accountable, yeah, I guess you could say. It does. You know, you, if, I, if I'm slow, then um, I wouldn't be as slow as if I'd be riding by myself. You know what I mean? Like you just, if you were on the track by yourself, you just, you know, jump some jumps. And you're like, oh, so good. I just did a 20, you know. But if you're racing against somebody, whether it's a buddy or not, you're solid as well. You know, even... Even if you are not feeling it, you're still going to be putting in way more effort than you would be if you're riding by yourself. So that's been really good. Uh, yeah, we we ride together, you know, two, three, four days a week, you know, depending on um, depending on the week and the schedule. That's good. Like I think, I think when I seen you guys uh, working together this year, I thought that was a really good dynamic. You know, he's not in the same class as you. You guys can push each other, be accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, you you good good relationship. It's. Uh, you got something yeah, under it. Right? Like I'm, I'm supposed to be faster all the time, every day, every lap. You know, so it's a ton of pressure on me, especially on a track. It doesn't really, uh, if it's 
if a track doesn't have a, a lane opportunity for a 450 guy or it doesn't I'm going to try and make it up somewhere on the track. And some days it's hard, yeah, especially when you've got someone like Jay. It's, it's very, very hard to be uh, to be the fastest guy all the time. Yeah. Um, how's he looking? Do you think he's got a, another shot at defending that title? Yeah, I think I think Jay's solid. He's, I think he's in the same similar boat to me. I think he just needs to go racing. Um, I think one of the best qualities of Jay is a racer. You know, like he uh, he can really make things happen when they need to happen. Um, so I think he just needs to get behind the gate and, and you know get a practice, get a qualifier out of the way, get a heat race out of the way, and I think just from there um, he'll be solid. But yeah, like he did he did do the the motocross season as well. So it's only been. Um, I don't. I don't even know. Six, eight weeks since since motocross. So, uh, yeah, you're not going to lose too much in in that time frame. He's going to be very familiar in that racing environment. For sure. Well, um, hey Dan, I, I probably would have liked to have got you on longer um, for a, a longer interview on this one, but uh, my mistake with the uh, time difference and daylight savings. But um, I would love to get you on and do a, a personal, like a one-on-one uh, interview. Mm-hmm. You know, a longer podcast at a later date because uh, maybe we'll do that after supercross because like i said i think a lot of the youngsters listening to the show could learn a lot from from how you market yourself and how you do it um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i don't want to keep you too late because obviously it's a big week with uh with round one coming up and and everything else so um yeah i guess no, i appreciate it man it's, yeah. um it's been good to have a chat and uh, like i said always uh Always open to, to having more conversations, especially about the business side of it. Because it's just something that I want to pass on. You know, I, mean, I want I want other guys to do this. I want other guys to to follow suit a little bit. You know, like my biggest thing is that since yeah, you, know, you look at some of the guys who've gone to America in the past. Most of most of us, when they've gone to America or Europe, have all done it before the age of 20, those days just don't happen anymore. You know, there's got to be, there's, there's, a, there's a gap in the in the chain. There's, there's something that's not where it used to be. Um, and I'd love to chat about this more on another day because it's something that I want to sort of insert myself in to help these guys be able to, you know, to, to live their dreams, really. So, um, yeah, tonight was fun. I'm glad we could touch base on a couple of topics. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to yeah, having a chat another time. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, definitely something that I think you could be instrumental in. And, and d- a little bit off topic, but, like, I, you see what Dean Ferris is doing now and he's sort of branding himself as uh, yep. doing the online coaching and, and he's thinking about Which life. Is it is. And, yep. and, and I've seen it and I'm like, finally, someone's getting it <laughs> that, that, yeah. that isn't yep. yourself. And, you know, I've done it a different way. You know, I was never a top-level guy, um, mm-hmm. but I've had different business ventures in the sport and, and I've – I've, I've done it for a long time with building a personal brand and doing different things. And it, it does amaze me Dan, that, uh, some of these guys that have won national championships or whatever they're doing is no disrespect, but two or three years later, they're on a job site and I just don't understand the, the and two or three later, two or three years later, people do not care. They're forgotten our about, sport, you know, our, our sport is so ruthless and it sucks. You know, there is, you, you are the highest of highs and you have the lowest of lows and our sport is probably one of the worst sports in the world for just getting rid of somebody when people just don't think they're, they're where, where they should be or where they used to be, you know. And, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a really shitty position to be in and it sucks for someone else to go through. We all, well, I've been through it before. A lot of people have and, um, 
you know, you've just got to make the most of your time. That, that's it. It is. I think you also have to be deserving of being remembered without getting too philosophical. And I think you've certainly worked hard to, uh, to establish that. But anyway, let's talk about this. Yeah. That's some more when we do a longer interview, but, um, recoverate.com bringing you Dan Ridden, CDL monster energies, uh, Dan Ridden on the, uh, AMX Australian supercross show. Um, Hey Dan, thanks for coming on mate. And, um, we will look forward. We're doing live shows at the first three rounds that will be going out, um, uh, at the stadiums. We're doing them before, uh, the night show kicks off. So I'd, I'd like to get you on one of those at some point too. So I'll, I'll reach out to you at the pits at one of the rounds and, um, and yeah, hopefully we can get you to uh, to come on one of the live shows also. Yeah, perfect, man. I appreciate it, and I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. All right, thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time. Thanks, mate. Yeah. All right, guys. Dan Reardon uh, on the uh, AMX. What a guy. Australian Supercross show. Yeah, what a guy, hey. You know, I, th- I hope he does good, th- you know, this year. I think he will. I think he's been training hard, and, you know, from what it sounds like, he's been really uh, putting in some work with Jay Wilson, huh? Yeah, man. He's been, they've been grinding away, and he's got such a good base. I mean... You know, going to America in seven, 17 or 18, what year was he there? 17? On style Yamaha. Yeah. Like, didn't set the world on fire, but man, he was solid, you know, and that. He did, he did, I think he did pretty good considering. I just, I just love the business aspect, at the For business sure. aspect of what he does. Mm-hmm. I think more people need to take that serious, like a lot more writers. Yeah. Um, it's part of what I do now with the podcast and with ID Media, branding, marketing. And it's, it's, it's huge. Like it's, it's everything like bikes run on dollars. They don't run on fuel, you know? And, and, and the sooner these kids realize that Dan's obviously going to kill it on the track too. That helps a lot. (laughs) 100%. But there's plenty of guys that, that, that could utilize some sponsorship and and branding and everything else. But, um, all right guys. Well, Hey, two hours and 32 minutes in this show has ran a little long. It's gone long. Tell you what, thanks to We knew that was never going to be a short interview, but, uh, Konsky. Um, Brett Metcalf, thanks for meeting to come by. Uh, we had a quick chat with Durant Stapleton, Dan Reardon, Andy Dinicol, Darnell <laughs> in studio. Uh, hey, we've got, the, we've got the dream team back together again. I'm stoked to have you back. I have a mic for you next week too, man. So thanks for running the phones. Um, thanks for working at AMX. One of our sponsors. We appreciate that. And you know what? If you... uh... (laughs) Yeah, it's the irony. Well, the deal did come together pretty last minute. As as in anything with Australian Supercross, it's a little bit rushed. But we got it done. So... You know what? As well, I wanted to say, if you want to go get some gear, you know, if your gear ain't looking fresh, if you want, if your friends are making fun of you (laughs) because, you know, you're wearing all the stuff or your gear ain't matching... Go do yourself a favor. Go down to all, all motocross or motorcycle, motorcycle accessories. AMX. Go do some fly racing. Go you see, see uh, Darnell. He'll hook He'll you hook up. He'll hook you up. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, uh, once again, I'm going to do the normal shout out. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being patient. I know the end of the MX Nationals, we didn't put out a whole bunch of content. Um, it was tough with being on the road. And uh, I started my new business. And it's been a real struggle to... Um, you know, to keep the content coming regularly. So I kind of held off knowing that Supercross was coming and we're going to be doing these live shows. So um, like I said, thanks for the listen. Please share it. Please subscribe to the um, Spotify, the iTunes, get it out on the socials. Um, let your friends know that we're back with the, with the Supercross uh, coverage and we can't wait to do our very first live podcast um, pitch show that will be going out on Facebook Live. Um, please check the, the socials later in the week. I believe we're going out on the Australian Supercross Facebook page, the MX Nationals Facebook page. Um, i got to work all that out, but we are going out to live audience. Uh, yeah, we are going to be very busy on Saturday. 
you're going to be even busier. Um, Dino's got to do the TV stuff too. But uh, please check back. I'll be posting it on my socials, on the Inside Dirt socials, um, and where you can watch that. And you'll be able to rewatch it on Facebook anyway. But we're going to get some of the, the big name guys on the live show. Uh, really excited about that. That's finally going to happen. So, hey, thanks for sticking with us all season long. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for listening. And um, with that, we will check in. Um, Andy, thanks for coming in. We're going to make this a thing for Supercross. Yeah, I hope so, man. I had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. And uh, thank you to Darnell for being the man on the mic. All um, right. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, uh, AMX, All Motorcycle Accessories, 11 stores nationwide. Have you covered with everything you need? for your motorcycle needs. Well, oh, yeah, and get to the Springwood signing Thursday night um, to meet everyone on the Penrite Factory Honda team, 6 till 7 p.m. Thanks to Recoverate. Hit Try It uh, on the checkout for $10 off your first bottle, recoverate.com. And with that, we're going to hit the outro and see you guys on Saturday at Brisbane. <laughs>